Hello friends, it's time for the historic boys pick number three. And if you're wondering why it's No Mercy 2007, it's because Billy's won again. And how did that happen? All that will be discussed at the beginning of this episode. Make sure you check out the very, very end. We're going to be talking about the reveal. What is season five of the Added Share podcast? Crucial details, like us telling you what it is at the end of this episode. Other bits of news that you might be interested in over at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. We are returning five years to the day to journey into darkness as I have a go at reading the book in the first installment of The Reading Ranch which has just dropped now and the most exciting news possible we are going to be back at the London Podcast Festival 2022 September 17th come check out Attitude Podcast Live as well as How To Wrestling Live at 2pm How To is going to be doing a show all about the involvement of celebrities in the world of wrestling and at 4.30 myself Adam and Billy will be going through and settling every unsolved mystery in the history of wrestling as we present unsolved mysteries live at king's place theater September 17th is part of the London Podcast Festival. Tickets for both events, a mere £9.50. Come check out both shows. We'll get to hang out afterwards. There'll be a Q&A. We'll get to meet you. You'll get to meet each other. It's always, honestly, a highlight of the calendar. And one of the hardest things about 2021 and 2020 for us was not getting that moment to get to meet all of you and get to have a live show and us all to get to come together. So, wrongs are being righted September 17th. You got two shows. They're both going to be awesome some £9.50 check out London Podcast Festival 2022 or kingsplace.co.uk for all the information but now let's go and check out No Mercy 2007 for some goddamn reason Welcome to the Ad Sierra Podcast, Boys Picks, and uh, Billy's won again. Uh, hi everyone, it's me, your old pal. Yeah, you should try doing this sometime. Actually. <laughs> oh, it's hard. It's actually hard at the best of times. Mm-hmm. And I'm Cam- I'm Captain Captain Kevin Mahan, joined as I am alongside this. Voted for episode by you, my cohorts, comrades, co-conspirators, fucking coalition <laughs> members. It's Adam Nick Clegg Bibolo. Hello. And the worst man on the planet, <laughs> Billy Worse Than David Cameron uh, Keeble. How are you doing today? Doing good, but you can't you can't refer to my pick as the David Cameron pick. I was gonna say <laughs> no, something that was known to be bad, propped up by something that pretended to be good. <laughs> yeah, that's it right there. 
So what it's, you're, you're saying that control your narrative is labor somehow in this analogy? It's, it's Red Edge, I know. It's uh-huh. Crazy Ed Miliband. Uh-huh. It's a bit outside the pale. Uh-huh. And you, you know what? I'll say it right now. None of you listen. We're ready for it, were you? You weren't ready for Ed, and you weren't ready for me. And much like Ed Miliband, I burst into tears when I saw the results <laughs> of the 2015 Brackets I mean, uh, 2022 Kevin, election. you might have won if the sun didn't capture that picture of you eating a bacon sandwich wrong. <laughs> That was what got it. Like that was just the right-wing mainstream media <laughs> playing tricks. Look, here we are, folks. You probably wondering, as you often do, once every few years, we go, "What's the Azure podcast got that on their timeline mm. for?" That's very strange. That feels decidedly off-brief and and off-topic. Well, we've had an end-of-season spectacular, which means that we had to put forward. Or choices. And this is the point where I was going to do a round table and be like, Oh, Adam, what was your choice? But you were never... Re- you didn't have the dog in you from the get-go, did you? Ah, oh, no, come on. I did want to do it. And there was a lot of very kind people that agreed that WrestleMania 30 would be a nice little change of pace. A nice little fun show that we all enjoyed. It would be nice to have but- no student debt at all. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? But, but you also told people not to vote for you. That was after the tide had started to turn. That not when- even Nick Clegg did that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when things started to look a little dark and things were getting a little worrying. I decided that I would much rather that people voted for you, Billy, mm. because it was looking inevitable that we were going to do control your narrative, and that was something that I just could not stomach. So just to, to quickly catch everyone up to speed, Billy, who won, he picked the episode that you're looking at right now. I picked control your narrative. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes, spicy, well, you picked, research. You picked free the narrative, technically. The first issue, the first there episode. Are, there are many narratives, Adam, and mm-hmm. don't... don't don't pretend for a second that your issue with me doing Control Your Narrative was which Control Your Narrative <laughs> show I That's picked. That's part of it. That is part <laughs> of that it. That was a part of it because everyone who was voting for it didn't seem to know what they were voting for. Yes. They kept mentioning Braun yeah, but, Strowman. But Billy, you know that if I did, I would have just done whatever I wanted to anyway. <laughs> it would have been fine. It would have been all... Imagine, it would have been like a three-hour edition of Kevin Underground. It would have been great. What was your... What was you... What did you put forward, Adam? I put forward WrestleMania 30. WrestleMania 30. Nice time. That was your third time putting it forward. Second time. Second time. Second time, yeah. Second Worth time. a go. Worth a go. Worth a punt. So, have we got a breakdown of results? Because I feel we need to actually delve down into the weeds of the stats because I don't think people are going to believe the outcome of this. It's not just the results, it's the timeline of events and how things went. First of all, before we actually get into the results, the first thing I want to say is Boys Picks number one, which we did ages ago between seasons two and three. Yes. We had for that a total of 1,340 votes. Nice. Between seasons three and four, Boys Picks number two, we had a total of 1,557 votes. A slight increase mm-hmm. on the last one. And then just bombed out for this one, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, like two votes. <laughs> this year, Boys Picks three, we had a whopping 3,452 wow. votes. Many of them individual voters. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop this. <laughs> What? You want to talk about narratives? You when can stop you this narrative. count the legal votes, uh-huh. I easily win. Uh-huh. Okay, when you yeah. count the illegal votes, mm. no mercy. Two thousand and seven. Take it up with Zuckerberg. Baby. Frankly, I did win this boys' picks. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. And that's why we're going to be storming the capital this weekend. No, like... I didn't do anything like that. I just went on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> I took my ball and I went to Turkey. Th- this was like an ordeal of a boat. This boat. was a roller coaster. And if you were to look at mine and Billy's WhatsApp thread, you will see a huge like reel of emotions here where we go between, oh, Billy, it looks like you might actually have a chance to then, Billy, we're going to have to resign ourselves to the fact that we're doing Control Your Narrative. And while Kevin and Joe were on holiday, 
hope started to like flicker yeah. in the distance that oh, maybe this fucking rise of skywalker flickers maybe, of rebellion bollocks maybe then we might just be able to turn the tide yeah. i officially endorsed you publicly yeah. and this, this is side. this is the thing that really really got my ghost right it's one thing to lose a vote i find out last night i i'm i'm an anxious person as i'm sure many people listening are <laughs> And I see these tweets all the time where they're like, you know, there's probably someone right now in a group chat looking at you and talking about you. And I know for a fact that exists about me. I know that I mm. rub people the wrong way and that I'm annoying and all that. And I know that there's group chats out there. I didn't expect that you two would be having a group chat about me. This wouldn't have happened were it not for your own actions, Kevin. Fuck me. It was <laughs> one time. I didn't even control my narrative. I alluded to controlling my narrative. <laughs> so so what was going down then in uh, Lib Dem HQ then? Tell me what <laughs> we, we we had resigned ourselves that we were going to lose. Because I was winning, right? You were winning, you were winning. By, by quite an amount. Yep. When Adam made his video on Twitter imploring people to change their votes on Facebook, which is perfectly legal. It is perfectly legal on Facebook. You can change your vote well after the fact. Um, though even after that point, pe more people voted for you. Yeah, I know. It's, my, vote, my vote still kept going <laughs> up. Because like. I, I, I don't really hang out on the old Facebook much these days. Mm. So like, I was just looking at the Twitter poll. Facebook, I was, was, Facebook was solidly pro-me. Really? It was very interesting that Facebook was very pro-no mercy and Twitter was very pro-control your narrative. Ah, the classic it. hearts versus minds mm. electoral dilemma. I see there. No, it's all right if you're voting on the metaverse. But you know. After Adam made this video, I saw my votes crawling up again. Slowly. And then, Is that the video Adam made where he walked through? It was he was on the he walked through Lincoln City and there was all these broken promises symbolized <laughs> by bits of paper. Haven't we had enough of cowboy Kevin Mahan and his cowboy broken promises? So, so then we started feeling good. And then there was a certain. Started texting about it. Yeah, we, we were like the tide had turned, and it started to feel like. But Billy had quite a strong lead. I think you were ahead by like thirty or forty points or something. So nice. we were feeling good, sitting pretty. Good swing to me. And, and then, then a sudden announcement. Mm, news broke because you were on holiday, so we were like, "This is great. They're not going to be on their phones. They're not going to be checking. We can just get on with campaigning, and we can try and like sneakily get this yeah. done." And I I was genuinely on holiday. You I was, were. You I, were was on holiday. I was unplugged. Because honestly, I thought I had it in the bag. And then <laughs> there was the lovely announcement, and we were both very happy as your friends that you and Joe got engaged on holiday. And that was great. It's very that nice was lovely. How you, how you put and there's suddenly like a little quote tweet where it was like, oh, now that we're engaged, why don't you do us a favour, a little treat? Why don't you vote for Control Your Narrative? I didn't say that. No, Joe did. I it didn't say Joe, that. And I was fucking furious. Sorry, with Joe. just for a second, if you think that I told Joe to do that you did i absolutely did she not. said you did i absolutely did not i've got a fucking podcast with her there's like 60 episodes of me proving that i can't get her to think what i want her to as far as i understand she also like taz she won't tweet what i tell her to tweet from what joe told me by the sounds of it it was you were there like you want this shiny ring, don't you, Joe? <laughs> you need to press send tweet on this tweet that I've written Excuse out for you. Excuse me. Vote, vote for love. Vote for control your narrative. Oh. And then you shot up. I, I I just decided to propose at the right time, uh -huh. at the right place, on a water slide, and it was very romantic. <laughs> and how did you respond in the group chat? As a matter of interest, <laughs> I what's, the, uh, I think what's it was, the quote there? I think it was, fuck's sake, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, they've got we knew engaged. About oh, fuck, they've got engaged. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we knew about the engagement in advance. Yes. And we had talked about it. It's like, like... We can win this as long as they don't 
publicly announced <laughs> yeah. the engagement. If they can just hold off. If for they, if they was, hold off on it, because it was the final day of the It vote. was 24 hours to go. Yeah. Like. And then, then like, because we knew about it in advance of that day, of it being publicly made. Yeah. So we're like, just just as long as they don't do that, with so Rand, and then it happened. All day, Billy was anywhere between 5 and 20 points in the lead. Like, it fluctuated, but you still had a lead. And, and then I- as soon as the announcement came out, you shot ahead. You were in the lead by 11 points. Hey! Yeah. Genuinely like the last night. Stop the count! I won Florida! <laughs> and I, I was in work that day as well. So I could, I, only talk to, I could only talk to Adam every three hours for about 15 minutes. And it kept fluctuating back and forth, like two votes either side. And Fuck me. one hour before the polls closed, it was literally tied exactly yeah. dead even across both platforms. Like. And if you were someone who's sitting at home going, I would have loved to see the Astier podcast with their mix of sardonic wit and insight and even-handed analysis. Look at control your narrative. Get and you know it. what? I've got a bunch of alt accounts. Maybe I should flex. Uh, no, none of none of my people decided to use their alt accounts. Mm-hmm. Whereas over here, you had people voting who don't even listen to this podcast. <laughs> They're these freaks on Facebook who are like, oh yeah, these guys called the Azure podcast. What do they do? I don't know, a video every few months. No, we're a podcast. <laughs> and you didn't listen. And you're not listening now, so why am I even talking about you? Ridiculous. So, the final outcome here. My votes, I got 81 votes on Facebook and 602 on Twitter. You only got 81 on Facebook? Because Facebook oh, is where so people were able to swap their votes out. Oh, like like in the real election, like when I want to go down and change my vote yeah. exactly. in the general. Yeah. Exactly. The people smack down their vote. And exactly. they, they, they go through, they ruffle through the big box of is votes. This yours here. Is this yours? Go. Yes. So I had 81 on Facebook and 602 on Twitter for a total of 683. Is that your all-time best? I don't know. I think I may have done better in the past because I hadn't publicly endorsed either of you before now. Kevin, on Facebook you got 205 and on Twitter you got 1,179. Hearts and minds. Bringing you to a total of 1,384. Billy, Facebook votes of 366, Twitter votes of 1,019. Bringing you to a total of 1,385. One vote ahead. One vote. Which means, if you're listening to this and you voted for No Mercy, you can tell yourself that you made it happen. Each and every one of you. And if you're listening and you thought, I maybe should vote for Control Your Narrative, you did. You lost it. You did. Mm. (laughs) It's your fault. You blew it. You blew it. See, like, it it was like, it was, it was a crazy day. Because, like, I was, I was in work. I was, waiting for these updates i kept getting the time wrong in terms of when the vote was going to be yes. over so i was like oh it's it's over in 15 minutes no billy it's over in three hours fuck and then literally i, I won by one vote and literally i got home and like found out my grandmother died so that like <laughs> oh, literally Jesus, like literally oh, literally that's what happened i got i got i won the vote by one vote and I, i'm saying german grandma you you fucking you, you got, got me. me. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> Billy, I mean, I, I, the only thing I have to say is, like, how much did you revel, like, in, in your victory? Like, was it to the point where, like, biblical Old Testament God is like, that's enough of that now. You know, you know I'll give Don't it get and too take. Big for your boots. I'm going to give it and take it away. <laughs> I, I literally had no time because it was like, I, I had, like, two minutes left of my lunch break. Wow. So, like, I, I won it. I was, I, I, I fucking, like, message Adam just go yeah I'm gonna have to go back into work so how do you spell that in a message Y G G H and then I had to go back into work for another three hours so like I, I couldn't like celebrate in the moment but 
retrospectively, I mean, at the funeral, you were like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if you've heard my bit of good news. <laughs> you know what? I'm really glad I didn't win now because I didn't want that on my conscience. At what cost? Like? Yeah, at what cost? Like? Seriously. I, I, I will say, sincerely, like, we had a lot of fun. We Obviously, a lot of this was worked. Like, yeah. We were, like, making a lot of fun out of how much we were like, oh, it's really serious. Please vote for us. So much fun. But yeah. the closer and closer it got to the deadline, I genuinely realised, like, I actually really, really it, it, don't want it to. Genuinely, like, sincerely, please don't make me it, watch that show. It genuinely started to feel like a legitimate election. Yes. Oh, yeah. I was like, actually nervous. Like, it, actually, actually nervous. It says a lot about our divided society that even our very niche audience found itself so incredibly divided. Although, that being said, when you count the people who actually listen to this okay. podcast, you know, the actual listeners, but, you know. But with that in mind, I just want to say, sincerely... Thank you. Please, what a, thank you for what making an election, the right thing happen. Huh? You know, and I'm not I'm not the type of person now who's like not gonna show up. You know, you thought I wasn't gonna show up to this recording, I wasn't gonna do an intro, I wasn't gonna come and give it my I've read my research, I've come here graciously to do my job as always, Billy. There I was a part see- of me that thought maybe I should take my ball and go home, mm. but as it turns out, I do have the dog in me after all. <laughs> Turn around and start whistling back into your house. Like. <laughs> so it comes on us now to review another one of Billy's choices. Yep. It's, uh, I kind of seem to escape this. I got a Billy's pick. I got two Billy's picks on how to wrestling as well mm. in the well, meanwhile. Well, three, didn't you? Well, we did, you did a vote and then you showed up on one as well. But I think you did all three in the end. We did do all three. What the fuck is going on with my... <laughs> how, is, how am I failing to control my narrative to this extent? <laughs> so, Billy, I'm going to ask you before we get into our, our, our culture, our updates, setting the scene... Why did you pick this one? Follow-up question. Did you pick the correct one this time? <laughs> yes. Yes. I did pick the correct one. Yes. When, when we did... Great American Bash, and I said, "This is the wrong pay per view. This was the pay per view. This is the sniper." I remember the I, I remember the Punjabi Prison match, and I picked the wrong Punjabi Prison match. Mm-hmm. This is the one that I. This is the pay per view I wanted to do. I originally picked it for the meme of there'd be three Triple H matches. Triple Triple H. Uh-huh. Triple Triple H. And that there was a pizza eating contest and mm-hmm. a Punjabi Prison match. It's very Billy. I will it's, say it's, yes. it's a very <laughs> Billy pay per view. <laughs> that being said. I always remembered this pay per view very fondly. Mm-hmm. I and like I I, I I remember this would have been it would probably been a couple of months after this is when I actually stopped watching wrestling until oh, really? I got back into it again. And I remember distinctly enjoying this pay per view a lot. And I was going into it thinking this is going to be the in terms of actual overall overall quality. This is going to be the best pay per view I've put forward, and I think it is. I think for me, I've strangely gotten quite fond memories of this from growing mm. up because this was the pay-per-view where John Cena was finally done. Mm. And I remember watching this live and we were just like waving our flags mm. and say John Cena has been hurt for long enough to take the belt off of him. <laughs> so this was a, like, I remember the, the, the madness of watching this live and it was very, very peculiar mm. indeed. Adam, do you any relation to this pay-per-view before we got stuck in? There was genuinely that moment of being like, yes, we did it, Billy won, Billy... Oh, you know, like at the end of the graduate when they're all smiles and then slowly the <laughs> smiles fade away and everything like sinks in. I realised like, oh no, we have to watch this now. Well, you know, for for my uh, you know control your narrative fans who are you know intellectuals about the finer things in life, obviously uh, a lot of analogies were made to you and the Brickster from Lego Island, okay, where you 
you know, dog-headedly pursued this goal, mm -hmm. despite the lack of dog in you, uh, you dog-headedly <laughs> pursued this goal, and then when you destroyed Lego Island, you mm -hmm. found yourself not happy, but filled with a sense of dread and ennui. There was a there was a good week or two of dread, and then when I sat down earlier this week to you watch this You had an on-week, you I said. I had an on-weekend, <laughs> and when I sat down to watch this, I was like, actually, you know what, looking at the card that Billy's laid out, everything you've told me about it, this sounds like a bit of a laugh, and I did find myself getting quite excited to watch this show. There's a big thing the show has going for it, and it's the fact that, unlike a lot of the other Bill's picks, this is not a one-roster stretched incredibly thin yeah, show. No. This is three rosters yeah. fighting for a bit yeah. of attention. And but just based on the things that you were saying there as well, when you know that it's like a variety pack of a pay-per-view mm. going mm. in, where you've got a bit of everything, you know, you can find yourself getting excited to like, well, if I don't like this match, there's going to be something wacky coming up next that I might enjoy instead. And it's, it's another pay-per-view where something I think all three of them have had like scheduled to change yes. issues. Yes. Which is like all three. I think I think SummerSlam had one of them. Yeah, no, there was. It wasn't all of the uh, shows that we had card subject to change bits and bobs. So I don't know if that's a Billy's pick. It seems it's going to be. I'll say right now, okay, is that you've got people who are clamoring for you. To, they think that the Bills picks it's Punjabi prison themes. I'm not doing Backlash 2017. I'll yeah. say that now. Because I've, I've already reviewed that as well for How To Wrestling. Mm. So I'm not like, I'm not fucking doing, like, no. Just no. no. I don't, I'm not interested in it. And if that, if it came forward that you put that ahead to try and win some other vote, it'll be the two of you on your own. <laughs> and we all know what happened last time the two of you were on your own as well, didn't we? We had a good time. Didn't you? We had a really good time. Good time. What's this man and me? <laughs> you sound what? like you're not endorsing the Chaos what? Comics reviews here, Kevin. What? what was that word you had for me? <laughs> that nickname you had for me when I was when I was not on the Patreon side series? Say it! Two-Face. Kevin Two-Face. No, no, no. That's not what you call me. Say it for real. What did we say? You <laughs> call me a no-good rat bastard! <laughs> Something that could have started a new reign of terror over the AE podcast if that no good rap bastard Kevin Mann had his way and made us watch fucking control your narrative for boys picks. I was listening to that going, oh, I'm proud of them now. They're having a bit of fun. It was like like when I was a teacher and you'd leave the classroom and then you come back after 10 minutes and you put your eye in and go, oh, look at that. They're actually well behaved. They're doing well. And then someone got his knob out over here. <laughs> well, Billy, I need uh, to, to be freshened up here. Why don't you give me a little bit of the culture from the cultural highs of October 2007. Mm. Now, in we had some interesting stuff here because, like, I always forget. You know, like I have no sense of time when it comes to culture. Everything, <laughs> everything feels like culture it was, is a is a color, really. Yeah, everything feels like it was five years ago to yeah. me. Yeah, like I still feel like I'm 18. I think we get a lot of feedback when we do Culture Corner from when you and I were doing Saturday Night's mm. Main Event. It's like I refuse to believe this is yeah. 18 years yeah. ago, whatever it is. <laughs> so we'll start with music. Now, this is a real battle in terms of what you reckon is going to be the best song. Tastes are going to be I, judged. I'm very, I'm very Team UK on this this front. Okay. So the UK number one single was About You Now by the Sugar Babes. Okay. Oh, big tune. Which big is a tune. tune. Yes. That is a big, big, Love big tune. Song. Okay. But Ireland uh, is... I'd never heard the song, but I'd heard of the person, which was Shane Maud, X Factor winner. Yes. With his single, If That's Okay With You. <laughs> 
If that's okay with you. If that's okay! <laughs> Which I honestly, I played it on Spotify and I was like, I have no idea what this is. If that's okay with you. If that's okay it's with like if you. I wrote a song with very polite, anxious <laughs> and, it's, and it's not okay, A-Y, it's okay. Oh, okay, right. it could be if that's Oklahoma with you, yes. you know? And then in the US, the US was on a, you know, was having a different meal for dinner. They they had crank that soldier boy oh, yes. by soldier boy telling yes. everyone's number one song about ejaculating a girl's back and putting a sheet to it. Yeah, baby. that's what a Superman is, baby. That's that we know that now. You don't need to tweet in. No, <laughs> what that is. Thank you. Now the films. <laughs> I've heard of neither of these films. Okay. Mm. As we all know, can't get Irish statistics. I can no. tell you what the number one film for the year was. There are no but, cinemas in Ireland. But, no, but they know. don't keep the records for, for the, the weekend. Week they were out. lost in the Easter Rising, Billy, actually. So the UK number one film was the Ben Stiller film, The Heartbreak Kid. Oh, God. Which I've never heard of. Well, it's, you know, it's no. a story of Ben Stiller losing his smile and <laughs> rallying to ruin the career of a much better yeah. actor. I was going to say Owen Wilson is Brett in it, but no. Nah. <laughs> And then the US number one film with another wrestling connection, The Game Plan, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Wow! I don't remember Which that. I've that never was one of those Disney of, ones, right? That was the one where he plays an American football player who finds he finds out he has a kid. That is it a Disney one? I can't even remember. I think it is. But that was one of the ones where it was like you know, we I remember everyone making fun of him going like, ah, he's just doing these kind of family kind of yeah. you know, yeah. soft he's not being just action star. But mm-hmm. for me, I don't know about you guys, I think back to season two and I think back to like The Rock's movie endeavours, I swear to God he had like a team where it's like the first five years, action, 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 action. Yeah. Then you'll do the tooth fairy, people will make fun of mm. you, then you'll do some slightly more heartwarming family stuff, and then you'll be the biggest star in Hollywood. Yes. Ten years later, biggest star in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, it works. And then you get to own the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> okay, video game releases. I uh, I yes. am very excited. This is a good year for games. Well, two thousand seven, yeah. is that were you been a Wii adopted yeah, at that it. point? I was all over the Wii at this point. I think Mario Galaxy came out in 07, if I'm remembering right. And my housemate university dropped out and and left their Xbox 360, get that Viva Pinata into you. <laughs> oh, baby. So I'm only looking at the month of video games, of the month okay. of October. October. So yeah. some spooky games so, coming out. So we've got the ones that I recognise the name of. Billy, what were you playing at this point then? Uh, I would have been on PS3. Ah, oh, wow. Yeah, I would have definitely been PS3 because one of these I did get on day release. We've got The Legend of Zelda Phantom Hourglass on DS. Love that game. I never played it. It so fucking I've good. only played Spirit Tracks and I fucking loved it. But yeah. the, the DS Yes, Zelda games. Those are mad fucking, underrated. Yeah, they got the Wind Waker stuff in there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, baby. Ninja Bread Man on the Wii. Oh, if you remember Ninja Bread yeah, Man, proper shovelware, like yeah. fifteen pound platforming game. Am I right saying that was incredibly hard as well? Probably. <laughs> Still making games for the PS2 at this point. Never got a PS3 release. This Crash of the Titans. Oof. Wow. Yeah. The, the 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 one of the worst Crash Bandicoot. What people games. love about Crash Bandicoot is climbing on the back of a giant beast and mm. connecting the minds together in some sort of oh, spiritual I th- resonance. I thought that was. Uh, I was mixing up with the uh, Curse of the Werehog. I thought that Crash himself got big and became a Titan. No, no, just riding <laughs> around on him. Just right. That's better. I don't want the idea of like Crash becoming like the Joker at the end of Batman. Mm. You know. Uh, on the PS3, we legitimately got one of my favourite games of that generation Hayes. which was the ja- <laughs> I legitimately loved Hayes oh, <laughs> this is the man you let pick your podcast yeah. this is the man I got Hayes the, great the day American, it came out the great American Bash 06 of PS3 seriously uh, Folklore 
on the PS3, a JRPG set in rural Ireland. What? Really? Yes, it was one of my favourite games of that generation. I love me a JRPG that is like, the setting is this thing. Like, what? I I can't remember what it was, Tales of Something, but it was set in Vienna and you played as all like classic, classical... uh, You play as Chopin. Yeah. You play as Chopin. Sacred Signature and you'd have all his special moves based off of his classical pieces of music. Mm. I'm going to get a million tweets about it. Yeah. That that is a good game. Yeah. You should look up Folklore. Yes, it's very good. Now. We got the orange box. Oh, Half Life Two, Half Life Two, Episode One and yeah. Two, yeah. Portal, Team Fortress Two. Yeah. Can't wait for Part Three, baby. Here we go. <laughs> Clive Barker's Jericho. If you remember that, e- vaguely. Uh, this is the brief period where we put the names of authors in front of video yeah. games. Yeah. I remember that was the type of game where there'd be a 45-minute documentary on Bravo TV about it, but the game's not very good. <laughs> Got Ratchet and Clank Future Tools of Destruction, which was the mm. first of the PS3, PS3. trilogy, yeah. uh, which I did get day release, so I would have had a PlayStation 3 at this point. As a man who's only played the recent Ratchet and Clank games, is that same same guts and bones? Like, should I seek that out? Will I get my fix? Y- yes. I, I, I'd say uh, I haven't played the newest one because I don't have a PS5. But the, the, the last one that was on PS4, I really didn't like. Oh, the one the, the latest one is fucking amazing. Skipped every single cutscene. <laughs> it was so good. Didn't know Clay was going, oh, there's, there's a girl now. All right, all right, <laughs> guitar Hero 3. Oh, oh my God. That was my yeah. first Guitar Hero. That was, that my was the best Guitar Hero. Did you have the one on the Wii where you had to insert yep. the... Yes! Click it in. Which like... also means that this was the year that I went to America for the first time and saw Gene Simmons playing this game in Virgin Megastore. Playing, right? Yeah, playing playing it very badly. Um, Was it like Wii Music on uh, E3? (laughs) And then we also got John Woo Presents Stranglehold. Oh yeah, I remember that. I'm trying to rip off Max Payne a little bit, but it still held up on its own right. It it, it basically survived because there wasn't a Max Payne game either side of that year. (laughs) Star Wars Battlefront Renegade Squadron on the PSP. I know I don't go as far without my PSP, Adam. Hey, baby, I was glued to my PSP. You for had a while. one, didn't you? Oh yeah, the SmackDown vs. Raw ports on those were amazing. Yeah, like... No wonder you're such a patient man. Like, <laughs> it had such length to go through. Like. Tony Hawk's Proving Ground. Beautiful. Oh no! Proving yeah. Ground. Yeah, after fucking air, you have to go to the Proving Ground, yeah. Tony yeah. Hawk's. Beautiful Katamari. Oh nice. yes, that's one of my all-timers. Beautiful. Uh, the Simpsons game. The Simpsons game. I've heard people say that was alright. Like, re- like, yeah, people are reevaluating right. it now. Like. Right. Yeah, because you know there's Simpsons Hit and Run, obviously. Classic. Which is the GTA type of a yes. one. And then there's the Crazy Taxi, obviously. Road, ra- mm-hmm. road Rage? Road Rage. Road Rage. Yeah. Last day of uh, October, you did get Viva Pinata P- Party Animals. That's the one, baby. That's uh, the DS, right? And we also right? got the first Witcher. Oh, oh, the best Witcher. Yeah. Hello, I'm Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> then Manhunt 2, which immediately got banned in the UK. Oh, yeah. That's true, yeah. It was on the Wii, that game. God, yeah. As fuck. Probably give him a shake. <laughs> uh, I even thinking, oh no, I want to strangle someone on my Wii. I can't do it now. Don't worry, just get Godfather, Blackhand Edition. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> then, get out. then in terms of events, very little happened in October, but that is worth talking about. Right, is, is this like, because I, I feel like we are now of the age where we can look back to when we were in our teens and be like, nothing happened back then compared to now, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, financial crash, I'm assuming, that's what it was all that's, about back that's then. That's looming, because that was 2008. Credit mm-hmm. crunch. Yeah, so that's, that's looming, that's right above us. But, like, lots of not fun things happened. Let's say that in around the, in 2007. Oh, to make a nice breath of fresh air on so Culture Corner. Yeah. No, I'm not going to bring them up. Oh, thank you. Who got kidnapped then? Things that happened. October 6th, 
Jason Lewis completes the first human-powered circumnavigation of the globe. Human-powered okay. is what he went around on a, on a push bike. A pedalo. Or something like that. I don't look into it. <laughs> well, <you don't> know. <laughs> That's all that it said. Human power. Are you the only one that? Is it just me who's thinking that he was in like a kind of a, a bike that has big wings? I think he was. In, I, think he was yeah. a, I think he was an absorb, so you know he can go land, <laughs> land and sea. Some sort of contrabulous flap traption. I didn't realize this was that old, but this is October fourteenth was the debut of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Wow! Yeah, started all the way back in two thousand seven. Well, I remember she became Kim became a factor in 05 That's mm. when she first started circulating mm. in the news. So it makes sense. Like the last one, really, not a lot happens October. October 28th, we had the premiere of the best film of all time, B-Movie. B-Movie! And that's how we ended, up, uh, ended October what, of what 2007. What a somber note to end the culture B-Movie came out. B-Movie. God, why this is like such a... I, I feel like because it's your pick, you're just picking out stuff that makes you happy now in terms of the news, as opposed to the usual, like... Right. Where is this fucking? Where's the rainfall? This go round like, no, yeah. like, like literally. I, I go for the website. I went for it. And it says literally that's not going to be fun to talk about. That's not going to be fun mm. to talk about. Ah. October was a grim month. So there was a lot of grimness in the world. There was a lot of grimness yeah, in the world. Premium, but, right. people, but people don't like the, hearing the grimness. Apparently, and, and, in their comedy, in their comedy wrestling podcast. And Jerry Seinfeld is like, I want to heal the world. So I, I'm going to oh. push up B movie to be released in October. Mm. It has to come out. We need to come together now more than ever. <laughs> Adam, I don't know if you've got one. I don't even know if physical media still existed. Oh, in baby, 2000. what are you on about? This was the peak of magazines. Like, wait, wait, so we do have WWE magazine. We got a WWE magazine right here, baby. Raw magazine gone by the wayside. Yeah, there was a period of time where they did Raw and SmackDown magazines. I think, yeah, like brand magazines. But, but at this point, it was just WWE. It's interesting to know that they got rid of the mature magazine because this is probably one of the last periods of time we're in late 07. This is like. The last 12 month period before we went PG, I guess. Yeah. So, interesting to know that the mature fan was being slighted on the newsstands. What's interesting about this is the magazines we've been looking at recently were from 97, literally 10 years before. And that would usually be like a picture, a headline, and maybe one other little thing. This is stacked with content on here. Okay. So, first of all, we've got Ken Kennedy here smashing out of some ice. The main feature headline is Force from the North, Mr. Kennedy Breaks Out, dot, dot, dot. And WWE freezes over because his his push is going to be so ice cold. Yeah. no one's going to enjoy it. That's what they say. Like he, that magazine cover there is clearly like right when Kennedy was brought in, they had big plans for him, but there's been kind of a delay between the reality of his push and the mag. You always see the magazine being a few months yes. behind, don't we? Yeah. Because what we see here tonight, uh, it, uh, uh, it ain't the man who's no. making WWE freeze over. And when they say breaks out, does that mean all the wrestlers he breaks and puts on the shelf? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Breaks the shoulder of Randy Orton. <laughs> then in the upper right corner, we've got a little symbol of like someone doing like the devil horns kind of thing. And what? it says, oh. Battle of the Digits, historic hand signs featuring The Rock, Stone Cold, The Hardys, DX and more. Wow. As a kid, I'd have been all over that. I yeah. that fucking hand shit. I like. bet there's a post that has all the hand signs yeah. on it like we've got 98 tips to live life like a superstar oh baby finally get me joe graham on the horn because we've got one here wwe the movie we cast the big screen versions of cena taker and even the chairman Ooh, like, wow. i would love to know what they actually cast in god there. you know i don't think we need to actually get our fucking hands in some of these mags Honestly. and have a proper fucking read through and then if, it, as if that's not already enough content at the bottom here we got like a little fucking highlight reel of all the stuff to come MVP slams the fans. Lillian Garcia flaunts her lungs. London and Kendrick rock your abs. Maria drives stick. 
Kevin Thorne bears his fangs and Snitsky brushes his teeth. Oh my oh, god! Snitsky watched one and done there, folks. We know what he's up to. That is a jam-packed magazine oh. right there. I actually want to read that issue. So do I. Do you guys think they just got better at doing the cover? Or is yes. that just a more jazzy fucking mag all around? No, I think that they recognise that like, a lot of magazines like Cosmo and Playboy will be like, how much shit can we put on the front here? You need to have your value for money kind it of works. stuff. Yeah, I want to read that now. You can't judge a book by its cover, but you damn sure can judge WWE magazine by its cover. Before we get into this now, guys. Okay. I saw your faces yesterday when I said this, but I want it to be known now, before we record, before I inevitably change my mind. <laughs> I sake. don't think there is a bad match on this pay-per-view. Okay. Bold words. Bold words? I, 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 I think really carefully now. Not a bad match. There's one match I can maybe say is like, ah, I didn't need to be there. But I, I think all the matches here, mm. I think, were, were solid. All okay. the matches here were solid. All the matches here were solid. So let's dive into No Mercy 2007 with the Punjabi prison match. Solid. There's such an air of confusion now. <laughs> Just play the fucking package. <laughs> the high mountains under the whole earth were covered by this force of nature. Alas. The rain. Is over. And an opportunity has emerged. Just as Noah, adrift in the sea of the great flood, released the dove to find signs of land, tonight the search for a champion begins. History will be made. Who will take the reins? Who will rise above? So, uh, yeah, I should probably say as well, uh, those who are wondering, uh, members of the ranch, oh, has Captain Kevin Ban got a poem for you this week from Paul Bosch? Thought it would be like, you know, Paul wouldn't really like, you know, Paul fought and, fought and died in World War II fighting the Nazis, so I think he wouldn't have appreciated controlling narrative not winning really. steady on now um, you know because they have literal Nazis in and he I hates was gonna it. Say. He hate it are you steady on now right? are you steady <laughs> <laughs> so um, no poem uh, no poem this, this go around so. this is getting better and better <laughs> how do you like them apples well we've got a biblical promo to start things here tonight the cover of this, the, the artwork or, or pay-per-view poster, it's Randy Orton being like, I've got a dove. And this is leaned heavily into with the waters prevailing so mightily. Yes, that's right, folks. We've got your favorite book of the Old Testament, Genesis. We got some quotes here. Yeah, 2007, it's biblical, baby. I love that they're sort of implying here through the description that John Cena is the rain in the story mm, of Noah's yes. Ark. And that Randy Orton is here to put a stop to it. So really, that's that's a good thing, right? I think we were glad when the rain was over, right? Oh, Adam, I can't begin to tell you. I feel like dirty how giddy I was 
Like, I remember my mate, like, ringing me up, being like, you should see what happened on Raw, what? They did an RKO through the table, John's fucked up his, his triceps, I think. His triceps? Yeah, he'll be gone at least six months. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> we were so fucking happy. And it's so fucking toxic. Yeah. Even WWE, the way they're talking about John Cena as being this fucking hopeless flood. Like, they seem happy that he's on the show. This was how this show was, was hyped up. Because they didn't tell you what was going to happen. They had Vince McMahon come out in ECW saying, John's injured and we'll have a match at the pay-per-view, but you're going to have to check it out. I don't think it actually added many more buys, but it certainly added a bit more intrigue to yeah. it. But I feel slightly less bad about being such a bloodthirsty anti-Cena fan when I was 18 years old, because it damn sure feels like it from these video packages. That's what they want me to be. Mm. Like they were not giving John mm. any time here at all. But Randy ruined John Cena's good times by removing his arm from his body. And we've got shots of everyone at the start of this. Anyone could be champion yeah, since. Yeah. Even Cody Rhodes. You never know. Or Carlito. Neither of which are booked here tonight on this show, we should point out. The opening moments of this pay-per-view have got all sorts of madness about them. It's Vince McMahon and... Long tall William Regal coming to the ring. I was thrilled right off the bat. Like, because like I say, I was before I sat, sat down to watch this, I was kind of excited. Like, this is going to be fun. And it starts off with Vince and William Regal coming yeah. out together. Like, this immediately got me so hyped. What about the hair on Chili Willy Regal? Oh, here? baby, he looks so good. Borderline hook height, mm. I thought he had going on here. There was a very big pop when Vincent Mann announced that John Cena was injured. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last Monday night on Raw. Last Monday Night on Raw, John Cena suffered a debilitating injury, which means that John Cena is out of action anywhere from six months to a year. I thought that was like kind of shocking. And he is kind of giving you a little bit of ad-libbed Vince here. I don't yeah. know if there was any telltale signs that Vince was kind of trying to stretch out the pay-per-view a little bit with his mm, opening remarks. Absolutely. We had shut up, mm -hmm. shut up, I'm talking. I'm going to give you people what you want. I always give you people what you want. And then as soon as they chant Y2J, well, I'm not giving you that. <laughs> this, this was coming just around the time that those Jericho promos started. Yes. Yeah, they, they'd started the month before and then Jericho came back like two weeks later. Yeah. He was back in time for, I think, yeah, it was like Armageddon or one of those mm. ones. It was mm. later on. But this is another classic example. I wonder your thoughts on this. When the fans have figured out the obvious thing to do. Yeah. John's gone. There's a big spot open. Someone's coming back. Clearly Jericho's going to come here tonight, do something. And Vince and the gang hear that and go, no, they, I don't, but that's the thing. I can't imagine Vincent Mann being like, the marks have figured it out, brother, change it up. But that seems to be what happens. Mm. Why do you think they do that? Because remember when Christian was returning, we thought, oh, he's going to be the guy who killed Jeff's dog and Noah's yeah. his brother, Matt. It's, it's because Vince wants to think, Vince and, 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 and all the, the bookers, they want to think that they're smarter than the fans. Mm. So if they put something out that's cryptic and the fans immediately go, oh no, that's that. Mm. They go, well, it's not that then. No, no, got to prove them wrong because the fans don't know what they want. There's a lot to be said for doing the obvious thing in wrestling sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. give us what we want. I like. mean, yeah, I kind of feel like because I've seen, I don't say oh, I've seen everything in wrestling, but like a lot of the main tropes and the things I want to see in wrestling... Like, just give it to me. Yeah. You can slow yeah. it down, you know, and then you have these so weird moments. They're, they're so begrudging today. Like, look, look at the whole Daniel Bryan thing. Yeah. They, was, they can say until they're blue in the face that, that oh, it was, all, it was all good booking, brother. You know, we had it planned from the start. No, you didn't. No. You, you tried every way 
to make people stop cheering for him because you didn't want him there. And now stop it now, Billy. If you want to talk about that, people need to vote for WrestleMania 30 and we can have a conversation <laughs> about it. Here's, here's a question. Do you think that Vince McMahon and Triple H at all, and obviously they're tight as it gets right about this time, like, mm. I can't believe I have to specify a point in time in the present where they're not seemingly as tight yeah. as it gets compared, compared to back in 07, but... Triple H, no fan of Chris Jericho, as we've That's true. we've we've discussed many times in the past. Mm-hmm. Do you think Triple H is a man there saying, no, 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 me wrestling Triple Triple H tonight three times? That's gonna get over with the fans a lot better than little Chris Jericho coming out. No one really cares, I think, you know. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that right now. The fact that Triple H is gonna wrestle three times tonight. I wasn't sure if that was like him trying to prove something or if no, it was he ain't him proving anything. With no, that. no, it's, it's him trying to get himself over or just like I, show off. I'm as not much sure. As he can. He, I, 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 I see this whole time. thing. This, this fit whole thing feels like I'm, I'm gonna do this. It's a rare thing of Triple H. I'm doing this entire thing to put over Randy. This yeah, it's true. It he does care a lot about Randy. Like, this, it? That, yeah. this is how it all feels, you know. Like, you know, we need to put Randy over as a, a vicious heel, and I, I think this is the the best way to do it because people love me, right? I mean, mm. I just think there's a lot that we can potentially take from this tonight. I think as we go through Triple H's matches in particular, trying to figure out the rationale at least, because there is a part of me that is like, this is a hundred percent just to put the kibosh in Jericho, cool him off, and make. You know, Triple H seemed to be the larger-than-life legend on the roster. But there's other points as well where I take mm. it that maybe this is all about one guy. It's Randy Orton. They're setting up yeah. Randy for the first big, big run with him with the title yeah. tonight mm. as well. So I have to say, this is the second time that has happened in, in my memory. But when they get that Ming and fucking belt, you know the yeah, WWE yeah, Championship... Yeah. And you put it under a tarp yeah. and you unveil it. The moan from the crowd when yeah. they unveil yeah. that thing. Oh, it's the same one. Do you remember when Miz won the belt and he's like, I'm reading a new title and yeah. he unveiled this upside down M. When Edge won the belt, I'm going to get rid of this belt and get a new title. Unveiled it. Same belt with an oar in the yeah. middle. This is the third time yeah. you've unveiled yeah. this mirror. And actually it's the fourth time because Cena unveiled it as well. Originally, When yeah. he brought it down when, when, uh, when JBL stole the belt. So, yeah. Can we all agree this is the ugliest belt of There's all time? One of, one of the ugliest belts. I think it is the worst of the, the main, of the main heavyweight championships this is the worst one they've mm. ever had and my little asterisk is the worst one is the non-spinning version because at least when the W spun it yeah. was funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> so Vince McMahon has his announcement Randy's the champion everyone come on out Randy How, has that ever happened with the main belt before yes. where they just, yeah. they just say yes. hey, it's, it's a proper heel move isn't it? Bischoff like, did it with Triple H when they did the brand split and mm. Raw needed a championship mm. so Bischoff took out the world heavyweight belt and said, here you go, Triple H. And he went, yeah. <laughs> and that was that. Like, mm. I think it is definitely, I mean, I don't know. I didn't get a lot of heat. Yeah. No. It's, in theory, it should, because it's like, what a brilliant way to make an undeserving champion. It's just someone that's literally, literally been handed the title. Yeah. Like, but people don't really seem to give that much of a shit. I don't think they egged it up much as well. Cause I think Randy's such an ice cold character yeah. here that he knows sells everything. So when Vince is like kind of handing it to him, he's not like, yes, he's like, that's it. Yes. You want, you want the heel to be like, ah, I got away with give it. it to me. Or to be like Kurt Angle and like burst into tears. Yes. Like, I did it. I yeah. did it. Like something like that. But the, yeah. cr- the crowd are very pro Randy tonight there's mm. a lot of randy signs a lot, a lot of pop for him i mean i think the crowd are just mostly like happy that john's not yeah. there it feels like yeah. so no rush or anything here now lads you know to take your time i swear to god this thing we were onto the third loop of burning my life and randy yeah. was still posing still. with it vince just pointing at him mm-hmm. regal pointing at him i think this show 
like I thought for a second at the start that this was the show that had been rocked by the signature pharmacy scandal. That had happened a few mm. weeks and months prior. There were some people like Umaga and stuff who'd been taken off the roster. But no, they have a more or less a full crew here. Just, other than, just Cena. Just Cena. So we're stretching all this time. But the, yeah, this reminded me of like when the Ash Cloud was, you know, was yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the skeleton crew here, yeah. whatever it was. But Randy is the WWE champion. Okay. And William Regal announces the big swerve. He's going to be defending that belt right now against fucking Triple H. Well, no, Regal's, yeah. Regal says you can defend it against anyone you want it's to. It's like a proper birthday party. Like, yeah. here you go, Randy. And best of all, you can pick whoever you want to fight now. And he goes, well, I know I'm not going to be uh, defending it against Cena. <laughs> I don't think Randy's all here yet in terms of the promo. No, definitely no. not. He still He's... strikes me as trying to be cool as opposed That's to it. being cool. He's putting on his big boy voice. And then out comes a fucking pumpkin to challenge him right here and right now. I wrote down here, this is the type of match people listen to our podcast to escape from. Uh, this is the escapism that we are meant to be providing is not Triple H versus fucking Randy Orton. Now, I tell you what, if there's one thing that's worse than a 2000 show opening Triple H long heel promo, oh, baby. it's a show opening Triple H long baby face promo. Oh, was this awful is at this. so yeah, crazy. He, he fucking popped the crowd, but his, as soon as his music hit, the pop. He's there. the biggest. He's the biggest star on the on the show because Michaels is injured at the moment, mm. so he is the top so dog. This isn't an anomaly. Is, no. is he this popular everywhere they go? Yeah, no, he he is just come off of the kind of anti you know, you know he's done the whole feud with him and Sean versus Shane and Vince right they've done like you know him being the kind of the antidote to John Cena mm. like them being faces both with people being like this is for the real wrestling fans yeah. like Triple mm. H. But, like, I'll tell you now, Triple H, yeah, he gets a pop and all that, but he ain't got anything original to bring to the table. Did you notice that he was just doing Stone Cold's 2002? Yeah. Like, he was being like, there you are, what? Your nice suit, what? Your nice tag. Like, he was just doing mm. Austin. I thought it was pretty, like, pretty cheap, to be honest. It was very cheap and it was very cringy, but the crowd ate it up. Yeah. He gets a fucking Triple H chant. I don't think I've ever heard one of those uh, before. Maybe a WWF attitude. Like, yeah, maybe. You know, thereabouts. Vince and Triple H are trying to do the improv. Like, there's nothing written down. Mm. I don't think Vince... Vince is showing the early signs that he's not the guy he was in the attitude yeah. era. It's the haircut, man. That's what it did it. Talk to me about the hair, please, Adam. I know that you've a vested interest in that man's hair. This is, honestly, I remember as a as a fat, as a kid at the time, not watching wrestling anymore, and I occasionally do that thing where I'd like flick over on Sky. Oh, what's, what's going on? Let's have a quick look over Vince here. This is one of those channel changing guys. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I pop it over and see him with this fucking sad, sad haircut. He looks like Steve Martin here. <laughs> like, ever since he shaved his head at WrestleMania, and it just there was that period of like. I'm going to say maybe seven or eight years. It was a good long stretch where it just looked wrong. It just didn't grow back right. It didn't. No. It, was, it was really flat and wispy and sad. When he got that head transplant in like 2015. They, they fixed it. They fixed it. Yes. You know, but he had a couple of shaky years there. I think it was compression from the do-rag made the follicles yeah. go back or in the, or, or that trilby he wore for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Vince McBusinessman, you mean. <laughs> Vince, as he leaves the ring, goes, Don't forget I beat you twice, pal. So, all right. all right. Yeah, he did have a bit on Raw, and I'm assuming the other victory was either another Raw thing, mm. or he's referring to the time he beat him for the championship in 99. He sure did. He sure did. I mean, look, I'm not saying you needed 25 minutes to get to this hot match. You didn't. But we took 25 minutes to get to this hot match, 
And Billy, I challenge you to name moves in this match that weren't punches or kicks. Yeah, come on. So not a bad match on this card then. So let's let's get started some highlights from this one. This is a good match. <laughs> that's, a, that's not a move. <laughs> it's a bail and brawl with yeah. rinse and repeat. These lads are on the house show clock here. Uh-huh. And I think that was the one thing about this whole concept that maybe worked against it. Randy is the undeserving heel. How much heat would you get if Triple H wrestled three matches? The third was against Randy, and Randy comes in all fresh, and they have yes. a last man standing mm, match later it. on. But the fact that both men are wrestling, like, we've got a long night ahead of that's us tonight. It. Pace yourself. You don't have to do anything. You do. Counters the wrestling fan <laughs> yeah. watching your show. <laughs> it's blatant how much they're conserving their energy here. I'm sorry. I was very upset. I don't. I I feel I've calmed down now. Considering yeah. because we've talked a lot and you've given us culture and all that. I didn't mean to say this, but in my, I won't look you. Fuck you, Billy. <laughs> no. We're like the only podcast that consistently loves Triple H, and you're messing with our one USP. <laughs> <laughs> the announcers are genuinely bamboozled by the idea of a title match opening the show. I'm like lads. Wait until you get into 2008. Yeah. Holy shit. 16 second title matches will be in 2012. And like, oh my God. Yeah. I thought there was a couple of good near falls. I mean, the fans the fans were excited. I think they had that baseline buzz about them because of it being, oh, what's going to happen? That's it, I think. I think if you're there in the arena and it's like, what's going on? Like, there is a definite excitement in the air. Is one of Triple H's H's for headlock because there were three headlocks in this match. Yeah. Well, one of those headlocks is when um, Randy puts Triple H in a headlock, and there's a great bit where, like, just straight up, it doesn't even—it looks like a shoot where it looks like Triple H tries to literally put his pull his eyes out, yeah. like, 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 clawing right in Randy's eyes. Jr. calls this with a lot of passion. I feel this is the man who has been fired once already in in the last two years and has been threatened to be replaced by a famous UFC announcer so he is trying his damnedest tonight I think Jim always can put on the voice for Triple H you know yeah. the, the bit of passion and whatnot he has an odd call though when Randy does the draping DDT instead of saying he goes off the second rope <laughs> yeah. he says it's off the second story and the idea <laughs> of Randy Orton DDT the off a second story went Whoa! Doing a little cheeky smile as he does it. And getting up. (laughs) (laughs) He probably did it to one of the Singh brothers, no doubt. Like, I'm throwing out a second story window. Is it just me, or does Triple H not look fantastic here? Like, he's he's gone way too hard on the fucking hot dog. He's a brown, brown man. And his hair's gone kind of stringy and golem-like. And there's just something about him that he looks kind of haggard and not very healthy at this point. I mean, he has come back from a really bad injury, you know? He suffered, you know, obviously see a really bad quad tear again you know it was, in, uh, it was the start of 07 I think it was mm. New, New Year's Revolution or thereabouts mm. so he is back and I think I think honestly this is mostly just him pacing himself right you know I think that he is at this pace because he's doing three matches tonight all of which are a decent enough length all things being said so I think it's just him pacing himself I don't think he's actually working with a nagging injury per se. No, I just meant like physically, like in his face and whatnot. He just looks like he's not doing fantastic at the minute. Like. I mean, he's got to be in his early 40s at this point. You yeah. know, he's had several surgeries. I think it's just going to be, you know, he. this is Triple H's last go between 07 and 08 where he's like, 
not just a top guy, but like he's the house show champion. Yeah. Full time in it. He yeah. does this run on SmackDown in 08, if you remember, with him and Jeff and stuff like that, and him right. and Edge. And it is kind of like him trying to show one last time he can be the guy that gets the fans in the building. Right. And I think that's maybe just he's burned the bat candle at both ends. Maybe. We get the RKO being avoided, the pedigree as well, an homage to the nature boy Ric Flair with a nice figure four leg lock. Randy gets posted after that, and a quick roll up. Triple H wins. Boy, I hope he wrestles again twice real soon. <laughs> and right, I'm not saying that the match wasn't good, Billy, but Jim Ross describing it afterwards as nothing fancy is, <laughs> is hardly the fucking sign of quality. I think it's all right. I like it's it's not like when when I when I say like that they're solid matches. That doesn't mean I'm saying that you know they're. Five-star Bobby Dazzlers. Mm. I just mean they're not bad. Competent matches. Oh, are we grading this on the curve of boys' picks pay-per-views as a whole? This is, is that a whole, what it is? Yeah, well, I think we should to some degree. <laughs> I think this is hands-down the best one I've submitted. I mean... In terms of actual wrestling quality. The bar is low. The bar is The bar low. is low. I don't know. You're going to have a hard time coming close to Sean versus Hulk Hogan. That is, <laughs> out of all the boys' picks, that is the best match across all of them so far, I'd say. I did enjoy Randy's tantrum here. Yeah, he yes, did look like good. someone... I don't know, I'm just assuming this is a thing on TikTok where it's like, happy birthday, eight-year-old boy. Look, it's your birthday. And then you go, no, it's not. Ah, <laughs> I'm your parent and I'm on TikTok. <laughs> uh, he had that kind of look that I assumed that that hypothetical boy would have. Like, it's been yeah. taken away from him. He looked like he was, like, seconds away from just lying on the floor, like, kicking his like yeah. flailing his arms and legs having a full cry did anyone know is i'm not sure if this is because it was a wwe title match they weren't used to opening the show with it but it had the big slow you know wwe entertainment in the corner thanks for joining us folks good night it had that slow kind of wandering around the ring celebrating slapping hands with some of the fans yeah. kind of meandering camera shots it didn't feel like that was the opening match it's weird there are so many points tonight where it does feel like okay we're filling time here and like you say it's only john that's gone like there's yeah. no there's no reason for them to need to fill this much time like. I, but it shows you adam I guess you you know you haven't watched this time period much, but Billy will attest to this. That was the fucking John Cena show. Yeah, it was, all, it was all Cena. It was all about putting Cena over. It's like, it's like problems that we'd have later on. The only guy you've ever invested in for years is gone. What the fuck do you do now? Mm. Because even Randy, like you would have thought, oh no, seven. Randy's kind of a top guy because you know he's feuded with Taker at this point. He's yeah. had a lot of his big profile feuds. But for me, Randy isn't really like that confident Randy till he has them full sleeves of tattoos. Yes, he still is like even in this match, you could tell he's still not not the fully finished product. Nor yeah. nor would you expect him to be. He's only like fucking twenty six here, or whatever it is. But uh, Jr. assures us, don't worry, folks. There's a lot more no mercy still to come. <laughs> Yay! Uh, Vince and Randy are sad, but don't worry, folks. We got a hype up spot. WrestleMania 24 coming to the Citrus Bowl. There you go. A venue not fit yet to host a WrestleMania. 24, is that the... Belfast Brawl, Adam! The Belfast Brawl. The Belfast Brawl in the heart of Orlando. <laughs> No, was that one with um, Big Show versus... Did he do the sumo match at 24? No, that's 21. That's 21? Oh, that's okay, 21. he's already done that at this yeah, point yeah. then. Who was the boxer he took on? Floyd Money Mayweather. Was it Mayweather? That was at, at 24, 24 yeah. yeah. We also had Sean and Rick retirement match. Oh, oh shit, yeah. okay. And the match everyone forgets because they completely beefed it. Cena, who returned at the Rumble, taking on Randy, taking on Triple H for the for the title. Cool. No one remembers that one. No, I wonder why. <laughs> Special bonus six-man tag. <laughs> bonus. Bonus. You don't need to say that. Yeah, no, you don't just, need to. Just to let us have the match. Special time-filling extra Literally. match. 
Alright, who's shouting these lads through? I, I don't know if like someone whispered a particularly anti-Semitic conspiracy theory to him, but when Jeff Hardy came out with London Kendrick here, he did not look happy to be no. sharing the ring with these high flyers. It's weird, they all come out to Jeff's music as well. Like Jeff, London Kendrick, aka Personal Demons. No. This is not this is not a good vibe. I thought no. these three, like, style-wise, would work, but no. they don't even look each other in the eye. No. No. Well, it's because they are two two teams that have been thrown together. Literally. At least with, with our heel team, you know, they're, they're, they're effective enough heels that you can put them together and it would be okay. And you know what, Billy? You and I have got a good professional and personal relationship, and I'm very happy to continue the Saturday Night's Main Event series with you now because... You gave me Caden Murdoch. I fucking and love And I'm a happy, happy man. Adam, was this the first time you've seen Caden Murdoch? Yes. Oh, that music. Uh, well, first time outside of a SmackDown versus Raw game. This is the right. first time I've seen the flesh and blood actual men themselves. And I know what you're thinking, Adam. Which Trevor Murdoch am I going to get? Am I going to get the sour dog face Trevor Murdoch looking like a mean old bulldog that's eating a bowl of piss? Am I going to get the Trevor Murdoch whose gimmick is that he sings? Or am I going to get the Trevor Murdoch whose gimmick briefly was that he liked movies and would do a promo <laughs> on WWE Unlimited be like, I won't tell y'all about a movie I done see. <laughs> I'll never forget, I got like the WWE annual one year in like 2008 in like a pound shop and it was like, had everyone listed and it was like Trevor Murdoch, signature move, whatever, catchphrase, my name is Trevor Murdoch and I want to tell y'all about a movie I just seen. <laughs> It's called Blade Runner. <laughs> Mr. Movies. Mr. Movies himself. So, yeah, um, Cade Murdoch. I mean, what? Describe Trevor Murdoch as you saw him. Because it's one of the first times you've seen the man in the flesh. When I would see him on the matchup screen on the SmackDown games, I always thought, thought like, okay, he must have like a farmer kind of gimmick or something. Mm. He looks like a guy that tills land or yes. something for a living. And he doesn't like that fact. <laughs> if you asked me for any more detail on these two men, I couldn't give you a single thing. I didn't pick up an ounce of personality from either of them in this match here. Not even from their sweet bluegrass music? No, because the second I heard that music, I heard the and I was like, Biscuits and Gravy! Oh. <laughs> oh, no, it's not them. No, they're all less wholesome than Biscuits and Gravy, I'll yeah. give you that. And their tag team partner, Kennedy! Ugh. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I don't understand what the big fucking deal with Mr. Kennedy is supposed to be. I was as big a mark as you could have possibly been within reason for him. When, really? When he, was being, when he was being heated up. Why? Because he was one of the only guys who, at the time who had a gimmick. Right. This guy comes out, he gets the mic, he says stuff. That was enough back then. That like. was enough. That, Jesus. There was nothing else. There was nothing, there was nothing oh else. He was honestly, there was fuck all. Him, <laughs> him and MVP, I remember being like, great, I love them. Characters. Even, because they were characters. Yeah. And I'm much like the USA Network, Adam. <laughs> characters are welcome in this ranch. Ken's got this kind of, this will get me back on track vibe about him. Yeah. But I think if you're in the special bonus match, like, you should be as pissed off as Jeff is, Ken. <laughs> so what, what point are we at in Kennedy's career here? Has he, has he shrank down considerably at this point now? No, not yet. No. He's not been... Uh, it's around WrestleMania season. Around then is when he becomes uh, Ken Skellington. Well, he was the one who Cena was having a match with, injured Cena. Yeah. Oh, really? He's the, he's the one who's put Cena off. Ah, okay. Although, I mean, they... They, they kayfabed it they with Randy. They kayfabed it with Randy, but right. it, was actually, it was actually Kennedy that did it. The thing with Kennedy is that... He's a guy who clearly has fans in the writer's room and in the producer's core because mm -hmm. all the chat around this time was like, you know, they had 
the reason they didn't announce the title match is because they didn't know what to do. There was, like, Brian Gruitz was adamant that Rey Mysterio should be elevated. He should take the title because he's popular with kids. He'll sell more merch. There were people in the writing room who had invested a lot of time and energy into Kennedy who thought Kennedy should be elevated. And, of course, Vince McMahon and Michael Hayes and the gang were, like, and Triple H, surprisingly, settled around the idea of going with Randy and Triple H as a way to kind of get both of those guys over. They're very gun-shy as it relates to pushing the guys who they're meant to be pushing, yeah, I yeah. guess. So Kennedy, at the moment, has got a few black marks against him, but he is still technically being pushed. Okay. He's been put onto Raw from SmackDown. I mean, he was feuding with The Undertaker on SmackDown Fucking again. Hell. You know, he had a first blood match with Undertaker. You know, if you work with Taker, you look, you realise in retrospect, yeah. they're, you know, that meant something. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's a reason MVP got to work with Kane and Kennedy got to work with Undertaker. But he, again, in this match, I don't think he did anything that would win anyone over. I mean, he didn't do very much. I didn't see anything. Well, I think that's, that's purely down to the fact that it was it's a bonus on unbooked match yeah. isn't it? thrown together yeah, yeah. Jeff, Jeff is kind of the ring general here like, yeah because you know? mm. I, I think London and Kendrick do some really like entertaining stuff here but Tr- Trevor and, and Cade you know they do their their, their shtick yeah. they get their they get their it doesn't gel brother. with Ken at all like, but it you doesn't know? I mean the, the biggest mistake here is fucking Jeff Trying to fucking run along the barricade. Oh, that spot killed me. And this is Jeff when he kind of had come back into the fold. He was doing well, mm. and, you know, for, for for the time it was considered. This is the build up to Jeff becoming world champion. Finally, he does at the end of this year. I mean, that wasn't Jeff's fault. I don't think he nah. runs across the barricade and he jumps to do a double axe handle. I think off of it. And but there's no one there. Well, I know Cade was there, and then Cade literally just like gets up. Jeff crashes into the ground, and, Jeff, and Cade turns around like, "Oh shit!" And then just like walks away from oh, him. Like, Jesus you blew it. Did you notice the uh, the the strategy from Jeff London and Kendrick? Mm. It was frequent tags to avoid being injured by Ken Kennedy. Oh, <laughs> Jesus! I love there was a little bit that Trevor did, and this is kind of what I always enjoyed about him. Like this around the time when I would have first seen like kind of NWA wrestling and stuff. You know, buying like the Four Horsemen DVD set, and like kind of seeing some of that stuff on the on the website and all that. Yeah, and he's a throwback character, and then some. When Kendrick, I think, or London goes against the ropes and he just kind of stands up on the ropes and make them open up a little bit and they mm. instead of hitting the ropes, they just go through them. Love that. I love shit like yeah. that, you know. And Dusty Rhodes was probably the biggest advocate that there was for Trevor Murdoch because he reminded him of Dirty Dick's uh, Dirty Dick Murdoch, yeah. his ah. own tag team partner. JR mentions that Paul London is in the wrong part of the taint before immediately <laughs> saying, I mean the ring. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> and then Ken Kennedy gets a corner boot. Wow! They heard that one in the United Kingdom, where they're watching live, as well as Germany. Liechtenstein. Come on now. You're right. Okay. You're not going to mention Ireland. Fine. You can't, in maritime law, fly under the flag of Liechtenstein because it doesn't have a maritime flag. We protect our shores of fish. And... I'm, whatever, fine. No, it's okay. It's okay. I honestly, why do shipping broadcasts respect me more than the fucking WWE <laughs> universe does? I don't like it. Hot Nero to Jeffrey Tag Hardy, who hits the front Falcon Arrow, and this is obviously still in the blueprint stage mm. because Trevor Murdoch spikes himself. Fucking horrible. And Sarah goes, What the hell was that? They show a replay of it, and it was at this point that I noticed, did you guys clock this as well, that every time they do a replay, a dove flies across yeah. the screen. <laughs> it's like something you make on 2K, like, it's a, like a pre-rendered graphic. We, we get a power slam at one moment from Murdoch to Kendrick, 
and it genuinely sounds like he hits the mat so hard. It sounds like a gun's gone off. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Jeff Hardy gets himself the swanton bomb, but Lance comes in and makes the save at the last second. King is impressed by this dream team and says to JR, no. I think these are the new Team Extreme. No. And I think the only way you could get worse vibes in the Team Extreme is if you brought Lee and Matt and Jeff back together in yes. 2007. Can you imagine? <laughs> like, it's, just, it's so awkward. Good Lord. We have some fun action. Then Ken comes in and immediately the crowd dies of death. Yep. Everyone's crashing and burning. They all dive to the outside and Ken hits the cumbersome Green Bay plunge. I think as a finisher being in the corner and having to hoist someone up like that, it should be snappy. You yeah. should either be able to get up there quick or... but. That ain't it. That's the kind of finisher that will ensure I will never play as you in one of the games. Yeah. Uh, I have to put me in the yeah. corners. Nah, fuck that. Uh, don't worry, mate. Mike check. He'll be doing that soon, like, you know. Where he rock bottoms himself. <laughs> the bad guys pick up the win, and we get more dove transitions. I thought this was below par. Yeah. You know, for the six people in the ring, I'm a fan of almost all of these people. And I thought they had li minimal skill, not limited, but the minimal skills and ability to put on a six-man tag to kill mm. ten minutes. If I went to a house show, I would have been pissed off at seeing this. You had to load a pay-per-view. I've never been impressed by Kennedy. I don't know anything about Caden Murdoch. And honestly, with London and Kendrick, I'm always like, these people are going to be good, and I've never understood it. So let's see. I was ready to be impressed by everyone here, and I got nothing out of this match. What do you think of this one, Billy, then? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm not going to pretend that this is, you know, a, a five-star classic. Well, you're, 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 you're pretending it's not a five-star classic. Just to be clear, you're not saying every match is good. You're saying there are no bad yes. matches. Mm. That's your but qualifying I, I, phrase. Yeah, I, I, that I enjoyed some of the spots from London and Kendrick in this. Jeff let the fucking team face down here, I think. Which is strange, because we know that Jeff is a good improviser in the ring. Yeah. and I would have thought they would have been a match made in heaven, honestly. Something up, something was off of Jeff here. I enjoyed Caden Mur Murdoch, as I always do. Uh, Kennedy did nothing for me. Kennedy never did anything for me yeah. until TNA, to be honest. I like him. Like, Billy. <laughs> and even then, like, yeah, him, the him, and Sam, him and Sam Shaw is one of my fucking favourite things that TNA ever did. Billy, this is what happens there. Uh, anytime we mention anything like this in an episode where people are literally counting down the seconds till the end when the new season is announced and yeah. you're tantalising them now, could it be Ken Anderson <laughs> versus the Aces season, and Eights? The season five is Aces and Eights. Let's do that, baby. <laughs> We have Triple H and Batista meeting backstage. I always love the two good guys meeting and having nothing to talk about. Yeah, nothing to say to each other. Literally as much chat as if you met someone on New Year's Day in Mullingar. Oh, sure, Happy New Year to you. Oh, sure, damn right, Happy New Year to you. Except replace Happy New Year to you with Game On. Yeah, you goddamn right, Game On. And this vignette opens with Triple H just walking down the corridor with like some production guy and he's chewing him like, yeah, I'm pretty cool. Not a fucking sweat on him. I'll talk to the little man actually because I'm, I'm pretty laid back and pretty cool. Uh, I think you'll find. What a, what a people's champion the game is. The, huh? It became so apparent so quickly that this pay-per-view is all about, like, isn't Triple H really cool, though? Yeah, like, what a cool guy. He's a cool character. It's all about the game. And it's unfair the way they're treating him tonight, because he's just too cool to be treated like this. You know what annoys me? You could be doing this with someone who actually needed it, and Triple H would still have that vibe, because he's fucking Triple H. You spent the he last... need polishing yeah. Like, literally ten years yes. putting this lad over at this point. Genuinely. Like, even when he was, in a way, injured, you've been putting him over, yeah. like... So Vincent Mann shows up and what announces out of nowhere. He does <laughs> You're gonna be facing Umaga tonight, you sick son of a bitch. And this I remember on the night when I was watching this live back in the day, 
this got me jazzed. Yeah. Because they had put Umaga out with Triple H because he got he got wellness violated and Triple H and Umaga have been feuding and they had Triple H fucking murder Umaga. Like they properly smashed into bits with a chair. They had Triple H properly fucking decimate Umaga. It was the first time he had bled. He was mm. laid out. He bent the chair around him and it was kind of like a, whoa, you're almost going too far there, but good job on you. And then Umaga did the same back to Triple H. Right. You know, they had also... Triple H had been laid out by Omega, made bloody and bleed. And I was like, oh my God. So we were like, okay. Because this was the scheduled match. This is what we were going to get. This, was, this okay. is what we were originally going to get. Yes. And now and we had the, two bloodbaths to build to it. And now there's a belt on the line. I yes. was so excited because I was the biggest Omega fan back in the day. And I thought, absolutely, this is the time for the man. So we'll talk a little bit more about Omega mm. when he comes up. Because I'm not sure what you guys' experiences are with that fabulous member of the Anawai family. But it's time for some extreme action, folks. This, my friends, is ECW. This is Big Daddy V taking on CM Punk. (laughs) I'm not saying this with any sense of irony. I'm being 100% sincere. This was the match I was most excited to see. I thought you were about to say it. I'm saying this without any irony. This is the dance. (laughs) (laughs) No, sincerely, I've not seen any of this run of Viscera. And I thought if anyone could work with Big Vis... CM Punk. Like, right, yeah. I could see him getting a good match out of him. And Viscera is honestly a Grunt Hall of Famer as he well. Is. So better at teaching the medium. Etc. And for those of you listening at home, I just thought I'd remind you that for recreational purposes, Viscera likes to take oh. a Viagra and just have a little sit down in the corner of the locker room. Not do anything with it, just, you know, experience it. That's so weird. Feel it. Experiences <laughs> really strange behavior. Kind of glad he's not in the world's largest love machine gimmick here. I'm not gonna lie to you, uh, Big Daddy V. All right, you you're a fan of Viscera from back in the day, you know. Obviously, somewhat, yes. somewhat, I mean, you were familiar with him and yeah. Midian and all that. You knew about the world's largest love machine. I know he's appeared yes. on some yeah. more or, or Endeavors, Billy. Big Daddy V. Did you know about this iteration? Again, just through games, seeing like, oh, that's what he looks like now kind of thing on the games and everything. That's all I know of it is his physical difference. Like the, the new ring attire he's got. I don't know what the gimmick actually is here. So the gimmick was is that, you know, he got rid of the kid-friendly gimmick. He went to... He went got rid of the kind of the whole... What are you He got rid of the gimmick that Vince McMahon liked. Yeah. There we go. That's yeah. much easier. <laughs> And ECW at the time, Heyman is gone. Almost all the originals are gone. You know, mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam has been shipped out of it. Like, everyone is pretty much done there. It is now firmly the place where the young guys are going. Your Bobby Lashley's going to go there. Right. You know, your Rene Dupree's, etc. Mm-hmm. And Big Daddy V was just like, we're going to revamp him. He's going to be a big killer heel. And Matt Stryker's going to be the mouthpiece. Okay. So Matt Stryker's still doing kind of a little bit like mm-hmm. the teacher gimmick, but he's being a lot more vicious about it. And he would just have, like... He also had Mark Henry in his stable as well, and Strike would just tell them to destroy people. It was just pretty much like when he was King Mabel beating up the Undertaker in the nineties, just big Vis okay. doing sloppy leg drops. A lot of it was meant to be the fact that here is Viscera without a top and suspenders, and he's doing the fucking sliding around on you. Yeah, and they'd have like Taz and Joey. They wouldn't laugh at it. They'd be like, "Oh my god, he's going to suffocate him." And I don't think it was played up for yucks and gimmicks, but. It is an interesting ring attire choice because the man is like playing with his body in the way you would play with a pair of loose trousers. Mm. Like it's like there's a reason the man wore what he wore before. He doesn't look comfortable shifting around all the yeah. fucking time. No, but it does give him kind of a weird like sort of 
boss kind of energy about yeah. him. I think the fact that he's covered the, the in tattoos. tattoos yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't never expected that's what Viscera would look like under that bin bag. I think that was part of it. it was like it was it was unexpected. It was definitely yeah. a new presentation for me though. And this is me as a little fucking snarky teenager. But I was like, no, he's doing the V's. That's Vader's shit. You can't do that. Yeah. I thought that was like you know unacceptable. It was a weird way we got here as well. CM Punk defended the belt in his hometown. Yeah, yeah because like it, this was supposed to be versus Tommy Dreamer. Which was like, that's a really great idea because you've got Dreamer, the last vestige of the old ECW, mm -hmm. the new generation CM Punk face versus face yeah. in Chicago. Yeah. It would heat up that brand. The only match we get from that brand here tonight, folks, is this match. Because yeah. mm -hmm. what originally happened on ECW was we got a elimination tournament between Elijah Burke, Tommy Dreamer, Kevin Thorne, Stevie Richards, which, <laughs> which Dreamer won. And then Armando Estrada just came out and said, actually, Big Daddy V's in this. And Big Daddy V just killed Tommy Dreamer. Right. And then Big Daddy V got the fucking title match. They right. would go on to do the Tommy Dreamer one last ride trying to win the ECW belt against Christian, which was not really the same vibe mm. as... Because Punk was still, you know, whatever about everything else in ECW changed and Punk was still Heyman's vision. It was like, he's the guy I want this brand to exist to elevate. It uh -huh. should be about Punk. And even though he's won the belt... Punk is not really, like, I don't know, he seems awkward here, you know. And maybe it's because yeah, he's got an insurmountable task against him. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never been, the bits and pieces of this era of Punk I've seen, I've never been impressed by, because I know that he's capable of way better than this. Like, what, are, what are the eras of Punk? I mean, I know you watch a bit of AEW these days. I've seen some AEW Punk, I've seen some ROH Punk, and obviously there's the summer of Punk in WWE, the 2011 stuff is like the, the part of him that I was really into. So whenever I see this kind of like, this the this fire burns or whatever it is, this Punk, I'm always just like, oh, he seemed like kind of a lame version of what was eventually going to come along later. I don't want to say it, you know, too late in the match, I need to get it off my chest, but that is some aggressively shit hair on the punk That's over there. Yeah, right? He looks just like such a fucking indie nobody. How does the hair look so unwashed, yet still wet at the same time? It's mm. like, as a lad I knew, he used to like never wash, and if you'd be in your house, he'd be like, can you please fucking wash? Our eyes are watering. He'd go, <laughs> oh, up, he'd go up and just take off the dirty clothes, under the shower, no soap, just get himself wet he dab himself and he put the fucking clothes back on uh, and then the clothes would get damp as well uh, so he'd smell like mold i'm not saying oh. punk smells like mold here but it's like perception is reality and like i'm not saying i want everyone to be like the fucking champ coming out in the suit and all that i want there to be a cool old looking guy from 2007 yes. but like people can be that vibe and that look and still look like a superstar i felt the punk here just looks kind of like fucking a bit disheveled rinky dink yeah and it's like you know, he has to know that he's up against it because all the fucking staff and all the producers all have this unfavorable opinion yep. of him. And I think he could easily prove them wrong. Yeah. I don't know. This is a match which is not doing the punker any favors. Mm -hmm. Defending your belt against the man you could do literally nothing against ain't a good yeah. look. But this is, it's, it's CM Punk. I just wanted to see him have an opportunity to be like, okay, let's yeah. rise above it. Let's actually try and do something here. And we all love a David and Goliath as well. Exactly. Yeah. So the, it, it definitely has potential to be a really interesting matchup. There's a few good strikes from Punk, I think, early on. Yeah. And then it all goes downhill once that Big Daddy V gets him on the mat and does that move. 
I loved this. I actually was. I really the, liked the, it. The like, spinning round, punching him in the head, spinning round, getting him in the kidneys. It's like a brawling the head. version of the Olympic ground game stuff. Like he's doing yeah. like the swiveling around on the mat, and I was like, I didn't know Viscera could move yeah, around right. that quickly. Like, and without him doing the thrusts like he would do when yeah. he, it's no longer the Visagra. It's a different move. That's why they called it that. This little Viagra because he took it recreationally. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, the one thing I thought this was missing. This move is an impressive move. I'll give you that. Yeah, but I thought he should have been doing that. Yeah, you know, I, was, proper... I was waiting and waiting for some sort of visceral grunt. But when he comes up off the mat, it's kind of like that's it then for Punk. Like you know, that the, the, there's not much else to the match. I mean, that's it for the match basically. Yeah. Like... Punk does the dive in Larius. It looks like okay, he's going to get the big man down, and then Striker comes in. DQ, the end. Yeah. We're talking like 90 seconds in. Oh, yeah, yeah, literally. It's so short. ECW! Fucking DQ! Are I you know. kidding me? The only match tonight that we get a DQ in. Like. The ECW Championship. Yeah. A disqualification because finish. Because Viscera has been knocked down once. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you right now, a year in, I was officially numb to the ECW relaunch at this point. You know, they couldn't could, believe couldn't it. Couldn't believe it. There was nothing There's nothing they could do, you know, that could make you upset. Yet they would find new ways. Yeah. And the reason this happened, allegedly, okay, back then in OVW, the week before this, little special training session. Some of the uh, the trainees were down there, and Punk and a few of the main roster guys from ECW were brought down as well. They're gonna have a chat with a superstar who knows all about this business mm-hmm. and can impart some pearls of wisdom. And he's gonna watch their training, and then he's gonna give some feedback and have a Q and A. Ladies and gentlemen, it was Hall of Famer and everyone's favourite pig ear connoisseur, Tony the Footman Atlas. Okay. And he didn't like what he saw down there in Ohio Valley Rest, and he thought that Al Snow's class was absolutely ramshackle, and he told them as much afterwards. He said, you're all in there joking around, messing around, and you could all be millionaires. Instead, you're a bunch of jokers, and you'll never, ever make it in this business if this is your attitude. And it was wow. just like, them... Being lighthearted, as I'm sure fucking hell you'd have to be to get through drills in OVW with Al Snow. Doing it the way I want it to be done. Uh And Punk decides, all right, no one here is going to speak up because they all feel like, oh, I'm just a trainee. Uh Punk's, you know, he's a champion. But as he's known to do, he doesn't like taking shit. He doesn't doesn't like other people having to take shit that he Mm. can stand up to. So he stands up and he says, "Uh, Tony, I don't think you've got the, the right edge of the stick here. Everyone's working really, really hard. And I don't think you're actually knowledgeable enough about the product currently oh. saying anything. Which is true. Like, what does what does Tony fucking Atlas know say. about new ECW brand and what they're trying to do? Well, Tony Atlas was like, "What are you talking about? I know exactly who you are. You're 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 no you're no name. No one knows who you are. No one will ever know who you are. You'll never be a millionaire like I am." You know, Tony Atlas, by the way, as well. He was on that MTV True Life where he's like ringing around people, and goes, "Hey, can, if I sell you my shoes, can you give me a ring? You know, to put on mm. a awful outlaw mud wrestling mm. show." Yes, I am a millionaire by the way i'm a millionaire very successful in the world of wrestling as well which is why i eat pig's ears when i have <laughs> <laughs> and punk was literally like i'm the ecw champion and you don't even know that fact like you don't know anything about the product and i think you're being really harsh on the on the guys here because you're, you're not knowledgeable you don't know what you're talking about wow. and he said and then tony says i'd beat the shit out of you right now except i'm convinced that i'd kill you by mistake Fuck and i go to prison for murder so this is punk being punished for stepping out of line to the man who vowed to murder him Miss wait Hobby, this, this this feels like a punishment for viscera I know, it? right? I mean, yeah, they both get punished pretty bad by this. But, but... it's the hometown boy because he gets, you know, Punk gets laid out afterwards. He gets, you know, they have the sauce coming out of the mouth. Yes. You know, he's properly like, 
I'm so, not good enough. So does Tony Atlas still have that much sway that him being slighted can result in a pay-per-view embarrassment for CM Punk? No, but CM Punk has that much heat that uh, any fucking excuse... Yeah, any reason. Any like, fucking him excuse. Him standing up for the fucking product. Yeah. Like, so bizarre. You know, there is a bizarre world where an understanding line manager goes, huh, that guy's got leadership potential. Perhaps yes. I will foster this talent. Mm -hmm. That's what Paul Heyman did with them. Yeah. But WWE, obviously, not interested. But, like, why put this on? Like, here's your punishment. No match. That's it. Yeah. That you would know? have been better than this. It would be more, more entertaining. Not yeah. having this match would have been more entertaining than having to watch. Also, Billy, this is a bad yeah, match. Come on, come on, dude. On, this isn't is a bad match. What, what are you talking about? This this is saved entirely by Viscera's spin. This is Viscera's spin. I, that popped me. He so literally said boo at one because, point. Because the, because the match is so short and that popped me, there is no way it can be a bad match. <laughs> Big Daddy V posing at the end there as if to say, who's the real winner? It's CM Punk, you fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah, striker hands him the title. He's like, yeah, there you go. Uh, here's baby. what you could have won <laughs> yeah. if I hadn't <laughs> fucked it up. And what, is Viscera too stupid to realise his manager is a judge? I was expecting this to end with Viscera laying out Matt Striker and like squashing him or something. Mm. The fact that he still wants to be mates makes him look like a dumbass. I love the crowd shot after this. Did you catch this? Mm. After like, it's like Punk, they have a proper like two, it's almost as long as the match, him being like, oh, yeah. I can't even carry the belt. I'm so weak. You're proper like dragged out of the arena he's coughing up blood he's like got, yeah, yeah. Ch chicago town sauce coming yeah. out of his mouth like. and they cut to the audience of someone being like oh no and then they catch themselves on camera and they went Ugh! and then he's turned <laughs> and sat down like don't film me watching this it's time for an ad for smackdown because it's a hot pay-per-view Yes. Adam, are you looking forward to seeing this in a couple years' time? The Brothers of Destruction are getting back together for the first time in ages. Kane and Undertaker reuniting to take on MVP and Matt Hardy. I'm assuming that is also in a pizza-eating contest, right? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no one destroyed more deep-dish Chicago-style pizza than my brother Kane over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to squish it, it into the slit. slit. I need a bigger slit, Mark. <laughs> uh, I, I forgot how long this angle was. Never ending. Like, just the fact that they go, 10 weeks ago on SmackDown, Matt Hardy and MVP had an arm wrestling match. Oh, this is a long recap. Matt Hardy won. Eight weeks ago, we'll be covering eight, what happened eight weeks ago. Yeah, on yeah, Saturday yeah, night's yeah. main event. Yeah, fucking Evander Holyfield on Saturday night's uh, main uh, event. Not until the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Seven weeks ago. Can I just say that I think this little rundown of their entire feud is probably the best part of this pay-per-view for me. I loved seeing this little, like, I, I actually want to watch all of these vignettes. We get MVP's MVP. character crystal clear, don't you? Yeah. 100%. He's like Mr. Perfect, but like not as skilled. He has yeah. the yeah. attitude of Mr. Perfect, but it's all ego and no actual That's ability. That's such a good gimmick. Seeing him like fucking up every one of these challenges like had me in stitches. He's half man, half amazing, Adam. They mm. don't just say that about anyone. I really want to see more of this stuff. A big highlight for me was him sneezing to destroy the uh, the chess game. Yes. <laughs> <As> you... <laughs> Alright, I've got to say bonus points, man of the match here, fucking Taz who looked absolutely Furious, furious that he is the host of the PT oh. contest. He made me laugh. So they 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 introduce that Taz is going to be hosting it, and you just hear it just cut to Taz. Yeah. Look, here's the deal here. <laughs> and look, I know there's tomatoes here, both in the form of divas and in this Chicago deep dish style pizza. 
But I think this is meant to be a rib on Taz because he's made to say, you know, we know a lot about pizza in New York where I'm from. And he goes, you know, a real thin, cheesy slice. That's what we like in New York. And the crowd are like, and he's like, I'm not Fuck saying your pizza's bad. He's just, it's just different. Our pizza's differently. Like he doesn't try to run him down or it's anything. It's so weird. Like it's not like he, it doesn't come off like it's for heat or anything. It seems like he is just babbling and filling yeah. time because he's like, you got the real deep dish here in Chicago, whereas in New York we like a nice flat, greasy, wet pie. Anyway, like, uh, <laughs> anyway, on with the content. Spot a tea at eight, eight ball. You know, <laughs> I think, I think I have to point it out, right? You and I, and you and I, we've all we've all eaten them. We've all eaten frozen Chicago town pizzas yes. in the United Kingdom. Sometimes we've eaten two of them for one pound. We've yeah. all had that period in our life. Yeah. I don't think this is the same thing somehow Not because. At all. This Chicago-style pizza is a lot redder than I would have assumed yes. any pizza to be. Never been to Chicago. I've been to a few I, I would America. Love, I would love to try legit Chicago. There's a, yeah. there's a place in Manchester that does it, like a restaurant proper that does style. Like proper because they put the sauce on top. Yeah, it's, it's the cheese. It's the cheese and the toppings on the bottom. Because like, I'm an idiot. Because I saw that, I'm like, where's my cheese? Yeah, it's all underneath. <laughs> But I'm getting a lot more. I think I'm getting more cheese. You are. Yeah. Okay. You get a foundation of cheese. Right, folks. We literally have to go on a special recon mission. Yeah. You know, the Truth Commission have to go mm. out and find out what is the best pizza. We record an episode while we're eating deep dish pizza. I just, <laughs> if this crowd has anything to go by, I'm assuming as soon as we mention Chicago and New York style pizza. I know New York style pizza is awesome. I've had it. I love it. Mm. But, I, you know, could be controversy coming our way. If you're in Chi-Town, let us know. Oh, I'm nervous to look at the SoundCloud comments for this episode. <laughs> So Taz, who is definitely not feeling it, brings out or judges for tonight. It's Melina and Maria, a lady from each brand. Since Melina came out, I wrote down, she's going through a big pizza. <laughs> but Maria Dudley's going to powerbomb her through a big old pie. <laughs> Both have hats. Yeah. Both look like, I mean, Melina particularly. Melina feels like she shouldn't be here. Because I think Melina is still healed. I don't know at this point. You wouldn't know it from this. But they're just like smiling. Their idea is that they're yeah. meant to be there to count how much pizza gets eaten by MVP. So undignified. And Matt Hardy. And as soon as Maria comes into the ring and she's like, yay, hello everyone, I'm the girl next door. A massive fire Maria sign appears. <laughs> what? you got to be a weird dude to whip up one of those. Oh, oh, especially when she's letters. a hometown girl. Why can't yeah. she? She's from Chicago. Yeah. So all the pieces are in place. It is now time for the main event MVP versus Matt Hardy for the Pizza Championship of the World. 2007 Matt, who is getting revenge on Edge by living his best life. <laughs> oh, this is his best life right here. I mean, I feel this is all a rib on Matt Hardy. He comes off so bad here. Yeah. Like, MVP is playing his character perfectly. And they have a little argument at the start here where they go over like, no, I won this one, I won this one. All the different contests they've done over the last few weeks. And MVP is obviously being the sort of whiny, shitty heel that can't accept that his ego doesn't yeah. live up to his actual skill. And Matt is just coming off like such a fucking dork where he's like, actually, I think I found that I won yeah. on the basketball contest. It's simply contest. not true. I won every single one. In the basketball contest, a.k.a. the slam dunk challenge, I was in fact victorious. You want Matt to be sort of cool and to be like, okay, mate, well, you, you can think whatever you want to think. But Matt is actually, no, I want it to be clear that I actually did win but every the, single the contest. The problem is, though, is that you, if you, you can't have him be like cool and be like, ah, whatever, man, I don't care, which is probably the way I would have the character play it. But then what's the what's the rationale that Matt keeps agreeing to like 10 weeks of contests? Yeah. Like he's mm. clearly just a bigger loser as MVP because he oh. wants to do it. Like, And there's some verbiage here where it just made me feel like 
yeah, they're having a pop at Matt because MVP is like, oh, look at this pizza. It's probably 500 calories a slice. Cheers for that, mate. Mm. Oh, this is the top five city for a beastie. Maria's like, am I fat? And like, oh my God. Jesus. No, but you're stupid. Yeah, and it's God. like, okay, Vince, we get it. You think yeah. people who eat pizza are bad people. And MVP's giving away the game here, folks. This is not about him. It's about taking down Matt Hardy a few pegs. Yeah. You shouldn't have written those MySpace blogs, Matt. Oh. Turn, the wheel will always turn in the WWE. Mm. Take your time, guys. You've got two minutes. You've got two minutes <sighs> to eat as many slices as you can. I can say now, I could beat both of these guys. Oh, yeah. Easy. 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 Easily. Matt Easily. Hardy fucking barely tries. And really? MVP I could tries do even it less. With one arm tied behind I, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even need any fucking water. Nah. Yeah, and also as well. I could eat every single slice that's of that it. I, I, I would demolish minutes. the pie. Yeah, the yeah. whole thing's gone. This is the wrong time to do it because this is a big, cheesy boy. And mm-hmm. like MVP. Jesus Christ, it's like Kane versus the Big Show. He takes that pizza to the corner and he starts working it and he's working yeah. it and he's in working fairness, it. He's like pinky out taking little nibbles. In fairness, MVP's working because he has to be the heel that's not very good at anything. So he has to take his time. Matt is, I think, shoot trying to eat as much as he can mm. genuinely as quickly as possible. The crowd, I don't think, ever really recovered from Taz mentioning flat pizza. And he's like, his order is like, when they start off, he's like, all right, enough, let's just eat some pizza. Yeah. Like, come on, I'm not working by the hour here. Two minutes is such a long time to walk watch men eat pizza as well uh, MVP who has more nicknames than moves refers to himself as being Mr. FedEx and I swear yes. he was going to call himself Mr. Pizza <laughs> <laughs> the original Mr. Pizza and also just so we know as well folks you can keep along with the score on the and I quote the Pizzatron which is the renamed Titantron which is a little pizza in the corner for us Taz is just fascinated by this stuff. He's like right on their face going, what are you doing there, man? You eat a piece? You got some crust there? Yeah, cool. I mean, it's it's kind of on Taz to fill the time yeah. here while there's two men chewing for two minutes. He, he asks MVP while he's got a mouthful what toppings are in it. He just goes, mushroom. <laughs> it is slow and more than a little bit sad to watch it these is. men. Like, and you, when I was watching this as a kid, I was watching this as a teen, I was like, yeah, eat pizza, whatever the fuck. But now, like, I'm in my 30s. I watch this, and I'm watching two men in their 30s eating a lot of pizza. And both of these men look like they've reached a point in their diets where horsing down pizza competitively won't agree with the guts. No. Like, the real battle is going to take place later mm. on tonight <laughs> if they can move that load. MVP doesn't even finish one slice. He's a heel. That's it. Yeah, he's literally... That's what I mean. He's working here on this. He's not going to finish more than one. I I don't think it's very fun, though, because when Matt is like... Matt has to eat at least one. And he has to... You can see the fucking... He's like, shit, I have to fucking up my game here. Mm. The second one he goes for, it's a big fucking dirty animal of a slice. Yeah. It's like a proper... You're eating pizza with a narcissist and they're splitting the pie up. This is their slice, (laughs) you know? It's a fucking ridiculous... And Melina literally... She looked like she was about to vomit. She, of course. The colour drained from yeah. her very shiny face. Matt, too much birthday hardy, manages to guzzle down the second slice and is victorious. And the big payoff? Oh, you feeling sick? Oh my god. If you throw up, you... Ah! Ah! Oh! He just regurgitated on MVP. Ah! Matt Hardy fought like a fat baby. <laughs> Oh, that was gross. I never threw up on Fluke. <laughs> oh, yeah! Well, he throws yeah, up. He, and then Taz says, you just threw up like a fat baby. 
A and fat baby. That's a Gerwitz line for Hardy. Yeah. That's a definite. It's so uncomfortable because you get like, Matt does the little, it's not even a massive spew. It's a spray. It's yeah. a bit of a spray. And MVP It's like Triple H, he's kept it under well, his yeah, tongue. We, we yeah. knew something was going to happen because he came out in a white tracksuit to a pizza eating contest. So you get like a little <laughs> orange spray on his chest and there's like a mild pop and then silence and then, oh, oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's the Drake Maverick pissing himself of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least Matt didn't have to fiddle with his dick for five minutes beforehand. I can eat two bits of pizza! Like two slices. Throw up on MVP! He's living for the moment here. That's not going to endear you to a Chicago town. No. If two slices of fucking deep dish make you throw up because you've two eaten too slices. much food. I was thinking it was maybe worth it for the line, MVP, John, that's like most valuable puke. Uh, JBL and Cole had a bit of fun on this one. Very nice. I would say the real standout of this was the very, very different shades of hair dye that Michael Cole and JBL both had that were both very different from each other and their own actual hair colours. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's time for a caption contest. It's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin, joined as I am always here in the not-too-distant future, brackets the past, Adam Bibolo, how are you doing today? Hey buddy, I'm good, thanks. As we've no doubt already discussed to death on this episode, I'm just feeling a big sense of relief that things went down the way they did. Yeah, really? Because uh, I've actually edited this episode, listened back to it, and I think that you're, uh, in the, the, the dissonance between your enthusiasm here and your enthusiasm on <laughs> the match we just finished might give some of the listeners whiplash, so I would say to slow your roll. Well, that's past Adam's problem. I ain't got to deal with that shit anymore. I've already done the recording. It's done. It's dusted. Boys' picks, of course, being the... Moments where we finish up one season and go into a new season. Of course, the end of this episode, big announcement about season five. So stay tuned for that. But there's another big announcement <gasps> in world slowly returning to normal news, Adam. Mm. I think we're all very excited about what we're going to talk about right now. Kevin, people have been asking about this for ages now. It's been a long time coming, it feels. We can finally announce... The fourth member of the AE podcast is going to be selected, and it could be you. Adam, what are you doing? What are you doing? Don't do that. No. What's the, simply no. What's the real announcement, Kevin? The real announcement is that we are back live and in living colour at the London Podcast Festival 2022. We're back for live show number Five times the world champion. Well, Whoa. if it's five, if we it's five if we include Manchester. <laughs> You've got me there. <laughs> I got you there, Adam. The real ones know all about it. But for the fourth time at the London Podcast Festival, but for the fifth time, we're doing a live show. We're gonna have a double header Saturday, September seventeenth. 2 p.m. How To Wrestling presents a special live show looking at the involvement and the world of celebrities in wrestling. Oh. Joe and I will be fancy booking some scenarios talking about our favorite ever celebrities in wrestling. And I'll be revealing more than a few shite ones to Joe live <laughs> on stage at King's Place. And of course, then later on in the afternoon, 4.30 p.m. in the same hall, it's going to be myself, Adam and Billy presenting the Attitude Era live Unsolved Mysteries Spectacular. Adam, we just came with this idea the other day and already our minds are spinning and people are talking 
about us putting to bed every single myth, kayfabe and real in the world of wrestling. That's it. We're not just talking about storylines. We're talking about real life mysteries as well. We want to dig deep. We're going to get our trench coats and our magnifying glasses. And we may have to keep an eye on Billy Keeble to make sure that he doesn't unearth anything a little too scary, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so we will be heading to Google with the word controversy put in inverted commas <laughs> to ensure it is included in our search results. And you can join us live for what will be Honestly, it's been three years now since we have yep. been at the live shows because we just missed out the last two years because of that dreaded pandemic. And I'm so happy that we get to have a live show. But most importantly, and ask anyone who's been to a live show, Adam, it ain't just about the, the, the great content you'll be seeing live on stage. <laughs> It's that we get to have a nice big hangout and a meet and greet with all the fans. Everyone gets to come together into one place. We all get to have a chat. We all get to have a bit of banter and a good time. And I, for one, simply can't wait because it's been too goddamn long. It's been way too long. And yeah, like you say, the show is a great time. Have a lot of fun being up on stage with you guys. But genuinely, what it is all about for me is after the show, we get to go outside and meet everybody, hang out with some of the folks that listen to the podcast, some of the people that have given us their support over the years. And more importantly, bump into Pete Dunn backstage looking grumpy. Sorry, bump into Butch backstage looking grumpy over a plate of biscuits. <laughs> Yeah, they call him Butch because he butchered that plate of biscuits <laughs> at the London Podcast Festival. But look, I mean, like uh, we've met so many people there who are now our good friends, and we know so many people who met each other there who yeah. are now good friends. It's like a great meetup of all the folks who interact with us online. And even if you're not someone who interacts online, you want to go and meet a lot of like-minded people, mm -hmm. it's going to be a really good time. We've been told that we're going to have a little space afterwards where we can do a little hangout and a QA. and a yeah. There's going to be a lot of good times, and it's going to be nice in the middle of the day, so you're not going to be out to all hours. Mm -hmm. If you want to go out and have a crazy night in the tiles in London afterwards, you absolutely can. Saturday, September 17th, tickets for both shows are a mere £9.50. Oh. And you're going to have an absolute banner time. And I can't fucking wait, Adam. Yeah, see you there, baby. How to live and AE Podcast Live, King's Place, London, September 17th at that London Podcast Festival 20. 22! What? Well, Adam, enough about that! It's time for a caption contest and the picture du jour. I mean, it was only ever going to be one thing. Yeah, it had to be this. It's Matt Hardy, cheeks stuffed with a shitload of pizza, baby. Cheeks stuffed and I would say brushed with a bit of that Chicago deep dish style pizza. Oh, baby, when it's in the spirit of competition and you are shoveling those things in, you're bound to get a little messy there. Yeah, I mean, this man has eaten, and I quote, over two slices of pizza. <laughs> so I know, right? It's getting a little bit wild. Like last night, I had a pizza for my dinner. Once I hit slice two, I was like, fuck me, man. Someone, I'm going to I'm gonna blow chunks all over the place. You were tapping out, like, that to call off the whole contest. I'm going to take us through some captions here on our Twitter, where you can find us at AE Podcast. And in spite of my inflammatory comments earlier and throughout the episode, and still to come later in the episode, I'll be taking the comments from all of our amazing fans over at facebook.com forward slash Adichiara podcast, who are all definitely listening as well. Absolutely. First of all here, we're going to start off strong. I'm not sure if this one can be topped. From Joe Del Toro here on Twitter. Whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. I can slap jalapeno. Oh. I can eat anchovies, yeah. <laughs> when I eat a big pizza, I ate, yeah, ate melted cheese. Oh, baby. Fucking A. You know what? I'm very glad because we put this picture up. 
It's Matt Hardy. It was in a situation where basically the company was bullying him. Yes. And I'm glad that the vast majority of entrants have risen to the weird Al Yankovic level of parody <laughs> where it's like, let's talk about the different things to do with pizza. Yeah. Fantastic job. Scott Newman here. Matt Hardy attempts to dethrone mankind as the mascot for Chef Boyardee's overstuffed ravioli. Mmm. <laughs> Delete! <laughs> I mean, all I'll say is I don't know if Boyardee would be happy because we at Boyardee want people to enjoy the product, to eat the product, to mm -hmm. consume the product. We don't want people to delete the product. That feels like they're just getting rid of us. <laughs> I mean, if it is ice cold on the side of a mountain being spewed out into buckets, then maybe I would say let's delete that. For more information on that, folks, check out our review of the Hardy Boys Exist to Inspire. <laughs> uh, for some reason, that is a four-parter, I should point out. For some well. <laughs> reason. Noah here on Twitter. Matt Hardy loading his mouth up to test the strength of that chin strap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a load-bearing bit of facial hair right there. We got a lot of people who came with, with, with shades of this, but it got a lot of love nonetheless. He was in early, Mark Swanson. He's got a, he's got a puke. He's got a puke. He's got a puke. The one thing we don't have here is no one's managed to be able to, to write the... What is the word for the noise that Draws makes? Because he goes... Oh, God. high-pitched... <laughs> <laughs> to write that you need to use the font where you write something to the power of something like the little teeny tiny yes. font that's at the top yes. of the line absolutely Kyrie here on twitter saying in a michael hayes voice hey matt why don't you eat 12 slices of extra hot jalapeno pizza and dunk it in this here hot sauce <laughs> <laughs> A, a variant of that is, I think, Todd uh, Todd Gomez put up, go out there and eat pizza. <laughs> I've been thinking about that all goddamn day. Rob Miller, Matt Hardy immediately regrets ordering the TLC, tomatoes, ladders, and cheese pizza. <laughs> you know what? Because there's simply no toppings that begin with L. What's an L pizza topping? Lettuce? No thanks. Yeah. Now, I tell you what here, we've got a little tag team here. Burt Cocaine sent one in, and I think Luke Stonely managed to modify it and make it even better. Burt writes in, I can't believe I ate the whole thing, which made me laugh in itself. <laughs> and then Luke followed up with, I cannot fathom that I consumed the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, some people have, have, when they're, we have had Matt Hardy, I think, before in a caption contest. And if no. he has been, it's been a long, long time yeah. ago. But I do like that people have used kind of the alternate Angelic Diablo voice, almost like an inner lie-man of sorts, or oh. slash Rocky Maivia, slash Dwayne Johnson in The Rock Says. It's a different type of energy. That's it. We've seen a lot of Matt Hardy's on the podcast so far. And on that note, Elliot Hodges, that was a delicious cheese and tomato pizza, a.k.a. a margarita. <laughs> okay, Kevin. Just sit back, get yourself comfy. This next one is a little long, but I promise you this is worth it. This is a masterpiece here from Conrad. This is P-I-Z-Z-Y by Matt Hardy. Oh, yes, fucking please. This is for you who thought we couldn't slice it. P-I-Z-Z-Y, is it so P-I-Z-Z-E-Z -Z -E -Z to swallow? Fuck me. <laughs> we've ordered it before, and we'll order it again. And we've eaten till we were sick, and we'll eat that much again. You have suffered from say that the toppings should never be this way. You made it this way, anti-pizza fans. Snap out of your trance. Define the food chance. Never again doubt our delivery. <laughs> Sandwich wars we've been through. Value meals that we've passed. All the naysayers that we've passed. 
mountains we've chewed yes. and holes that we've dumped. Yes! Oceans we've drank and buffets we've ducked. Roads we've drove and paths we've made. Eating on top of walls and through caves. Whether eating at home or in the sky. Matt and Jeff Hardy eat pizza until they die. <laughs> Fucking amazing contest. Somebody stop the damn caption contest. That is one of the greatest goddamn things. And I implore you all to definitely check out the Hardy Boys book report because yes. that was... That was almost as indulgent as the Chicago-style pizza that was being offered here. That is fantastic. Also, as well, we could work in some sort of a sponsorship there, Adam, because they were saying ZZ so many times. P-I-Z-Z. And ZZ is a, is a place you can buy a pizza Shit. in the United Kingdom. It's all connected, baby. Mick McDonald, Kevin burying his feelings after Adam and Billy didn't let him control his oh, narrative. Oh, yeah, no. That's, uh, that's kind of what it was like, you know. Uh, I, I went straight for the PJs, the Papa John's after that. Oh, I was God. like, I'm a nihilist, I don't care. Oh, God. Give me a Nazi pizza. I don't, I don't want to live anymore. <laughs> if they, they truly are the control your narrative of pizza chains. <laughs> <laughs> Man down here. This is so simple, but so good. <clears throat> Terry, no. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> Oh man, Conrad here, not content with that poem. Conrad double dipping with this one. Jeff, you gotta eat all your crust before you can have another slice, man. It's the Lowry. Fuck me. Here I was thinking, Adam, that as soon as I saw Lita, aka Amy Dumas, and mentioned in any of the captions that it would be a poor spirited, poor taste to it. Mm. And then here comes Stephen Copeland riding in on a white horse to ring in the day. Matt was traumatized for life after devouring Big Boss Man's Margarita pizza. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> What's the matter, Matt? A little bit extreme flavor for you? <laughs> well, speaking of Boss Man, we got one here from Landon Williams. Hey, Jeff, the pizza's here. It was sure nice of the Boss Man to send us a large pie for free. What about my dog, Matt? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Simon James here. H-A-R-D. Why did I do this when I'm lactose intolerant? Man? Oh, no. It's going to be a long night on the toilet for Matt Hardy. I need to go through all them Matt facts and you know, speedrun some 2002 Matt Hardy matches to make sure that's not actually true. It's funny you mentioned Matt facts. Someone mentioned mustard in one of their caption contests and immediately got a reply from someone being like, actually, I think you'll find one of the Matt facts clearly states that Matt does not like mustard. I'll have you know. Uh, it's very, very true. That I know. Mm -hmm. That much I know. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Adam, we've got one. We've got one. And uh, it's it's one that I think you'll like a lot. Please. Capitan J. Fax. So, after the whole leader aid situation, Vince came to me and said, if you want to go back on TV, you're going to have to eat pizza. <laughs> plates and plates of pizza. <laughs> you're going to eat pizza till you learn to like the taste of it. <laughs> Fantastic. You know, you know Adam... When, when you become champion, it's like they give you a fully loaded pizza and all the top guys want their toppings. And they, they put it in your hand and you put it right to your head, you know? It's your job to make sure you don't put any stuff in the crust. Come on, finish us off here, Adam. Come on now. What's the nice chicken tiddler chaser to end this pizza <laughs> feast we've been enjoying? Oh, there you go. If you want to know what Kevin has with his sides whenever he orders his Nazi pizza Come from Papa John's. <laughs> You, you can't get them anymore. You can only get bites. You can't get anymore. And they don't do the special spicy pepper. 
So if you ever want to know that you can't go back to your 20s, mm-hmm. that's the fucking evidence right there. Papa John's. There you it's go. It's changed. If you need another reason to stop enjoying Papa John's pizza, there's one more for you right there, baby. Exactly. Okay, I'm going to finish us off here on Twitter with one from Andrew Turner. And I like to imagine when I'm reading this caption that Matt Hardy is stood in the doorway receiving a pizza from a delivery man. Okay. Little Nero's, I knew you'd come. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for the goodness. We had over 300 responses here on the old Facebook. We had over 150 on Twitter as well. And I will just say it was not just quantity. This was one of the most high quality caption contests ever. That was tough going through those. There was a lot of low hanging fruit. Mm. Brackets. What um, tomatoes? I guess there in a pizza. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But people went for the they went for the premium. Yeah. They, they went for the the higher end. They went for the wood smoked sausage Ooh. of captions here. You know, they paid a little bit extra attention that is, and I'm very appreciative of it. Absolutely. Adam, that's another fabulous caption contest. And of course, we're going to head back now to No Mercy 2007, where we still have some Triple H matches to get our teeth stuck into, Adam. Oh. Boy, okay, it's fine. It's fine because it's not my problem. Like I said, that's past me's issue. I'm just a guy that gets to sit back and look forward to the London Podcast Festival where I hope to see all of your silly asses. Yeah, thank you everyone for sending us in your captions. Hope to see you live and in person in London on September 17th. 2022 but let's head on back to no mercy 2007 where kevin and adam must continue along their journey with the boys pick of the litter himself billy keeble it's back to no mercy 2007 (sighs) oh yeah i mean it was a p-team contest it sure was it it didn't live up to it i don't think I think no. they should have brought in. They should have brought in someone. Maybe if it was a hot dog eating contest, could have brought Kobayashi in. That would have been better. That would have been good. Yeah. We saw we saw JBL and Steve Austin in a beer drinking yeah. contest. Yeah. That's the best food slash drink contest we've had. I would have wanted to see MVP pretending to eat the pizza and like kind of there you, you know, go putting it down his top yeah. or whatever. Well, really cons- runny Chicago style yeah. pizza, <laughs> cons- scalding his chest. <laughs> <laughs> Considering how much MVP wanted to win, though. I feel like he should he should have just been mashing it in his face. Yeah. Get spilling yeah. everywhere like and then going and then then going to the end. Well technically you got most of the pizza on the fucking floor, yeah. mate. It's all over you. He didn't attempt to cheat Billy for a week ten. Yeah. He didn't yes. he, this yeah. is fine. He was just taking little nibbles and, he, and didn't, then, he didn't argue with the result or anything either. Like it was very much just like he didn't try very hard and he did, he lost and he accepted that result. We cut back to our raw announced team, the King and J- the King and JR, who look like they've been in the back seat of a particularly long car journey through some where they've never been before they look shoot nauseous yeah. like JR is clammy looking <laughs> and don't worry he's here to get us all excited folks are you ready for and I quote yet another WWE <laughs> title match <laughs> and here we go for yet another WWE title match with the yet another WWE championship on the line as Triple H takes on yet another contender it's Umaga and this match because it was originally scheduled before things has got a video package a man of my distinction should be respected. But there's one individual who quite frankly spits in the face of respect. And his name is Triple H. Triple H took a perverse pleasure when it announced that uh, my illegitimate son was a leprechaun. So the thing is, I, I don't understand why you didn't see this coming. You're a little short-tempered. You're a little short-sighted. And Vince, you've got a microscopic penis. 
and me, Vince. Hornswoggle's mom. Was she magically delicious? Well, I'm tired of this embarrassment by Triple H, and I'm gonna do something about it. And no mercy, Triple H takes on Umaga. This Umaga is an animal of a different kind. He's big, he's nasty, he has no fear. The dangerous savage. This guy is a monster. This is destruction. This goddess is a savage. Omaga's a damned animal. Omaga looking to main the game. Perverse pleasure when it was revealed to me that my illegitimate son was a leprechaun. All right, slow down here. Yeah, one, <laughs> one finger at fucking time. And that's not the story. That's the setup. That is just for the, the setup story. Phase. And it's all about the fact that Umaga is Vince McMahon's heavy hitter. He used him at WrestleMania against Trump. He used him when he was ECW champion, and now he's using him to get to Triple H. I thought the video package built up for what I was expecting to be a pretty decent brawl. Same. Likewise, they, they made this out like it was going to be a really fucking violent encounter. Which it probably would have been if yes. we didn't have Triple H injected into this overarching story. Let me tell you something, guys. I know I've said it already, but I bear saying again. I fucking love Umaga. I U- think we never have a chance to talk about Umaga it. Umaga is so fucking cool. So you would have been watching, because you're a bit younger than me. You're a few mm. years younger. Umaga would have been on the screen when you were watching you know, Eugene and Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. Yeah, he would have been there. His match against John Cena at the Royal Rumble 2006. Oh. Six, yeah, yeah. I want to say is legitimately one of my favorite John Cena matches. He like brings it out of him, like, and they actually recreated that match more or less with Carly. shot for shot with Carly yeah. and again with Rusev. <laughs> like, amazing. It's, it's like shot for shot that match. Give me like your kind of take on Umaga. Like, what is he? What's different about him? And like, how did he impact you when you would have seen him on your screen as a youngster? He was just. He was one of my favourites because he was just an absolute monster. Like, he he wouldn't speak English. He never slows down. He never slowed down. He, he was just, like, constantly yelling, screaming, speaking another language. So you had no idea. You couldn't tell what was going on in his head. And the only thing I think that's missing from this presentation is that he was also paired with Armando Alejandro Estrada, mm. the amazing Cuban-American manager who made the mistake of taking his top off once. And then Vince made him a wrestler, and then that was the end of him. Yeah. Because he was surprisingly a really good manager and not a great wrestler. He just happened to have abs. But he would do the whole thing where, like, he was the guy who could control the yeah. maga. And they would play it like, you know, Bobby Heenan with, you know, the fucking berserker. Like, I just found this crazy dude. Yeah. And, like, you know, I kind of can control him. And if he wanted Umaga to end a match, he'd take out one of his Cuban cigars. And he'd go, Umaga! And he'd break it. And then Umaga would go, bah! And do his finisher. <laughs> yeah. 
Adam, you maybe not watched them growing up, but what's your experience with uh, the Samoan smashing machine? For the longest time, my only knowledge of him was he was someone in the games that I never liked to play as because I didn't really get his look or what his deal was. He's a scary looking dude. And all I knew was, Umanga! Oh, from Willy Regal. And... Umanga! Royal Rumble, the match against John Cena. I've seen that one match. I think we watched that one night, yeah. Yeah, I've not seen anything else of Umaga. I've heard he's meant to be really good. I've heard very favourable things about him. But for whatever reason, I guess because I wasn't around and didn't get into the hype or see him built up, I've never really bought the whole, like, he's a monster. I'm just like, yeah. He, he is a fucking monster. You're not seeing he's, it here, though. I'll take your word no. for it, I guess. He's fucking cool. He's a shame, yeah, because I feel like we are seeing him here. This is on the downwards trend. Mm. And... I just I think because you know when we went through SmackDown crawl over on the Patreon page, Adam, I know that like Rikishi, the like late ninety nine, early two thousand Rikishi, mm -hmm. that's the special sauce of a big Samoan fucker who can yes. move. He hits hard, and like honestly, if you can think of like demonic heel Rikishi, that's the style that you would have typically gotten with him. But you know, I think he's a really important part in the legacy of that family, and I think you know the Usos. A lot of their stuff, particularly when they got like kind of real mean heels, I think they took more than a bit from just the vibe of Umaga. Mm. Obviously, it's an old timey gimmick in the sense that oh, he's from deepest, darkest Samoa and all yeah. that. And I don't think that is aged particularly. It's like the thing that's most shocking about Umaga that he's from two thousand and seven and not nineteen ninety three. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but Vince likes the gimmick, and I think it shows. Yeah. You know, he gets presentation, and he does it well because I'm trying to think where he is in the family. He's Rikishi's brother, isn't he? Can the game survive, guys? Can Triple H survive? against a man he recently decimated with a sledgehammer <laughs> this would have been I think this this match was done the worst over in terms of because of what we had to change the story this to this is yeah. just a quick old the, match isn't it yeah. like? this would have been a much better match if it was just Triple H versus Umaga, we would have got the weapons. If this yeah. was Triple H's one match tonight, yeah. yeah, they would have gone all out, probably. So here's, here's the question. Why are we teasing Triple H? Why is there the big long wait after Umaga comes to the ring? It's like, ooh, is he here? What's it going to be? And then we get, behold the king, the king of kings. On your knees, dog. Oh, we're going to get this version. And then it goes right into the regular game. What? I know. It's, I thought you would have been all over that. I didn't even catch that, no. Yeah, honestly, we got I, a remix. I guess it's just part of, like, isn't Triple H really cool? This, tonight is the Triple H showcase. Look at how many facets he has. Something cool, a little wrinkle about Umaga I love is that when he's been presented the battle to be shown, this is for the championship, he just goes, yep. Yeah. Yeah, he just grabs it and tries to whip Triple that. H with it. Like, Give it to him, like. it, Is Umaga in any sort of hot water at the minute? Because JR yep. keeps saying the word motivated about serious? him. Are you serious? He keeps saying, oh, Umaga is very motivated monster like he repeatedly motivation that's what and that's normally, bad words that's it yeah usually that word's got like a red underline underneath it where it's like the teacher needs no, to I mean, speak he to you he after. Can't, i don't think he's he been lazy because every time he came out he came out and gave it everything like yeah like, he's always lazy always, guy like. yeah he's always fucking on that can always easily be like a dig about like he didn't show up to a certain taping yeah. or whatever mm. like instead of having a go at him on telly well is a guy they definitely could have done more with absolutely yeah. and then some at several phases in his career this being one of them the crowd at this point i'm not sure what it is but they are sounding a bit restless this was the least engaged they seem to be since the beginning of the show the buzz of what's going to happen is kind of yeah. wearing off i think the fact that it was like Triple H has been booked for a second time tonight. I think everyone's probably assuming that'll be the main event then. And then when this comes on midway through the show, it's like, 
Okay, so what is our main event? What would be the main event if it wasn't? It's going to be the Johnny Prison, match. yeah. I guess. And that, that ain't an exciting prospect either. <laughs> Triple H is wrestling a style that I could best describe as we'll be competing later on again tonight. Yeah. He is really reserved, you know? And I think it's kind of sad when his dance partner is a guy where it's all high impact. High energy. Yeah. yeah, we're not getting that. There's some, you know, decent enough back and forth bits. You yeah, know, we've Umaga... got a lot of counters just into massive fucking slams from Imaga. Yeah, the best bit is, I think, Umaga doing that spin out Uranagi. I think that was really cool, you know, because Triple H, you know, taking that is always impressive to see, you know, big muscle up statue. Yeah. I will say as well, Umaga probably needs better face paint. I think maybe it's just the era it is, but this was like a seven mm. minute match and that paint was gone at the mm. two minute mark. I thought it was weird. But again, much like in the previous match, Umaga posted himself just like Randy did. The yeah. only difference was Umaga got a pedigree, Triple H picks up the win. I mean, wow, Billy, these matches keep getting better and better. <laughs> I can't believe the finish they went for was so similar just to what we tried. It's, 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 it's all on the fly stuff. Like, yeah. I would have loved to have seen what this match would have been. But I would have thought, you know, right, if you're making Randy being the top heel now or whatever it is, you need to have a strong number two. Mm. You know, Here's how I would have done this. If you're insisted on doing Randy and Triple H in the main event again, I would have had Umaga decimate Triple H yes. here, and then Randy's picking up the pieces later on. That's it. Know? I would have had Umaga like, disqualify himself yeah. by going too far yeah. and going absolutely hammer. And then, like... hey, Randy's got the belt, he can work with someone else, and then Triple H has got a blood feud with Umaga. That's it. And then you get the fun, like, oh, we can be sympathetic for Triple H because now he's all bust up. Whereas yeah. what we're going to get instead is like, yeah, it's cool. I can do a third match. I'm pretty badass. <laughs> well, Triple H is victorious here tonight. And King, he used every bit of his moniker of being the cerebral assassin no, to do it. <laughs> you know, like he did the pedigree. and the... <laughs> He is selling the ribs from the devastating rest hold he was put in. Just mm. so as well, both matches so far have had three rest holds each in them. Yes. That is too many. The Y2J code is played. Ooh. There it is. What? Who could it be? It could be anyone. Could even be Chris Jericho. On this night of all nights, before the main event, yeah. after that. Call an audible, like, don't include on. it. You don't need to put that one on. No. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I was reading the dirt sheets pretty heavy at the time. I just started my brief writing stint for NoDQ.com as a what? columnist. That's right, my fucking six-week run with Hasslemania on NoDQ.com. <laughs> and I was looking very closely to see what my other columnists were doing to pick apart the codes. And there were some big brain people who thought, it's not Chris Jericho. It's obviously not Chris Jericho because they paused the code and they saw different things in there, including WMXV333. What could that be? WrestleMania 15. Triple threat match? Guys, I've got it. My man on the inside. It's Billy Gunn. He's coming back. Yes! He was in the triple threat hardcore match. Yes. Save us, Billy Gunn. Or save us, Bob Holly. Or wait a minute, <laughs> he's chartered a jet from Ohio. That's Al Snow. That's a, that's the serious thing they're going to pick out the triple threat yeah. hardcore yeah. match. Exactly. That's what we like to call a red herring, redder than the reddest red-haired stepchild that ever did be. <laughs> Good Lord Almighty! It's time for some hype for the Punjabi prison with special music. Because the great Kali is doing some meditation backstage. Yeah. It has been called a chamber of horrors. The Punjabi prison used only one other time in sports entertainment history. World champion Batista and number one contender, the great Kali, will be imprisoned in this steel reinforced bamboo tonight. One structure 20 feet tall, the other slightly smaller. Both structures weighing in excess of one ton each. 
the title to be determined in the prison tonight. Now, Kali, he's got some fucking heat here, folks, because he's bringing back the Punjabi prison. But his manager, I fucking hate this nerd. This lad, he's one of the writing team, Ranjan Singh, mm. and he is... I didn't realise he was a, one of the he's writers. He's one of the writers who fucking was more than delighted, I've heard many interviews and former creative people to get himself... Like him and Big Dick Johnson, like, yay, we're over, we get to be on TV. Uh, this lad, solo energy. Yep. Non-fucking emotion. What is... He's meant to be saying, this is a devastating, and my man... Imagine Davari putting this over. Yeah. He would have been saying every language under the sun to get you riled up. It's like Todd Grisham has been given, like, a big monster to be the manager. Yeah, right. He's got real nerd energy. I'll tell you what, Cali getting off the floor unimpeded got a pop out of yeah, him. Yeah. Pop of the nights. Yeah, I... Like, they... they... Carly's apparently meditating and praying to all the evil Hindu gods. The, the most, most evil. evil. Like, <laughs> who is the most evil Hindu god? I don't think they did a Chaos Comics of Great Carly, but no. I think it would have been explained in there. Otherwise. Was Carly going to go to Stygian and confront the evil <laughs> Hindu gods? But I, like, I feel like like you could have got like sort of fucking a, a bit of heat, maybe telling us about some of these Hindu gods. Like, yeah. The, the American fans would have hated that at the like, time. I, you know what? I, I don't have, think I don't think he'd probably had it in him to do it. Like man. I would have liked to have heard like some of that because like Hindu like the Hindu religion and, and like the mythology. It's epic. It's like, like yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah, like, yeah. So there's, there's there the is like there. battles and, and oh, yeah. shit like that, and people killing so, like, gods, killing gods, etc. So yeah. like, tell us a bit about that. Like, put it over. Like, say that Kali is a god. That'll get you far, right? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Might as well go sacrilegious, in for a penny, in for a pound. Alright, time for some more hot action as Rey Mysterio is looking to get revenge on Fit Finley. There he is. And JBL, he is a big fan of Fit Finley and it was nice to see him praise the legal immigration of the Irish. Mm. He came over here, Ellis Island, was disrespected but did it the right way. Okay, is that... So if you're from down in Mexico, what you need to do is get in that time-travelling steam, yeah. get in that time-travelling coffin ship and head on up to <laughs> New York City circa 19-whenever. He's been an investigative reporter at the moment. He's, he's inciting race, racial tension between mm. the Irish and Mexicans. I mean, there is not really much linking these two lads together, it no, feels like. So. It feels like two lads who know that they can have a match. And again, Finley's like, you need 25 minutes, I'll give you 25. Yeah. Like, he's got a plan here to string this yeah. out. And, and on paper as well, as soon, like, as soon as I saw this come out, I was like, this on paper, this could be the match of the night. Yes. Just, yeah. just look at the two of them because... I love Ray. I love Finley. Yeah, Very capable. Good to see him, yeah. Mm -hmm. JBL putting over the K-Club, the greatest golf course in all of Ireland. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 he does give Ireland a shout-out. Yeah, Finley's from Northern Ireland, though. But, but he, he, he does Ireland as in a united Ireland, you know. Mm. it's he, he very much treats it as like, it's all the same. Yeah, you know, I'm Bel sure. He's from Belfast. We'll mention Kildare, you know, it's all, it's all look, the same. Hey, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very happy that he did that. Fit Finley, though, he probably wouldn't be very happy with being, <laughs> no. uh, I'm just saying, Fit Finley would probably prefer you pick the best golf course in Northern Ireland. Yeah. But uh, hey, different strokes for different folks. Glad to have you on site, JBL. United Ireland 2024, here we come. This is kind of your typical match you'd expect at the start. You've got Finley kind of bullying Ray, and yeah. Ray being the underdog here. It is crazy to think this is Ray, like a full year removed from that title run. I know, and they actually mention it a few times no, on commentary, no, like no, the no, greatest no. underdog champion in history. Mm. Assumedly, he's trying to curse Ray to help oh. uh, Fit Finley in this match. 
Finley is doing all of the shenanigans in this one. He's you know using the ring apron. He uses kind of the skirting yeah. around. The yeah, he the, pulls yeah. it up like it's a hockey shirt to punch him in the head. I love it. He, there's so many points in this where Finley just comes off as really smart, where he's like, yeah. all of Ray's offense isn't going to work on Finley because he's already outthought it. Like. I want to point out as well, special mention, Adam, Bibliotech man himself here, Jimmy K Jimmy is a referee, K. and I thought he had he built heat in the match by when Finley was going for the turnbuckles. Oh. He was like, "What the fuck are you I, doing?" Yeah, I got the verbiage here. Yes. This is your one and only warning. Finley, you try that again, you'll take a walk down memory lane. Ooh. Maybe with a steel chair. Yes! <laughs> Fucking put the intro in right now. Do it right now. Put it here. This is former WWE referee Jimmy Corderas, and you're listening to the Attitude Era podcast, where you can stroll down memory lane, maybe with a steel chair. We get a, at one point, we seem going to get a backward 619 when Finley was facing the other way on the ropes. Yeah. And like, that's kind of little things like that that Finley does. He treats it like... I don't know, like, he's got a different physics engine for a lot of wrestlers. Like, you know, if you're going to hit me this way, like, he's a guy where I saw many times someone will do a top rope move and he'll be face down. Like, hit me on the back, hit me Mm -hmm. on the legs. You know, it's not just always set up perfectly. Uh, He he, he avoids the six or nine. I I don't think I've seen many people do it. He feels that he's, he's on the ropes and he feels like, this is a, this would be an opportunity for Ray to six one nine me. Yes. Nah, he just stands up to just fucking. Yeah. I've never seen someone just get in a position to say, "No, I don't feel like." That'd it. be like getting dropped in the corner in a Rikishi match and being like, "Oh wait, this fellow does a stink face. Hey, I think I'll get up now." What like, smells? Like, yeah. Right here. Now, he's a wily wrestler. Exactly. Comes across like you know that he's kind of got that. They're not putting him over as being like, oh, this is just the veteran. It's like, he's a veteran who has opted to learn more than a few tricks. Exactly. Like, you know? And the tricks aren't like, I'm doing this so I might win. It's not like a Ric Flair roll-up with the tights or whatever, or a low bow and the ref's not looking. It's like, I'm doing this because it sucks for you. Yes. Yeah. You know, this is like Regal. It's it's, it's like Regal would, would kind of use parts of his body to just make you be like fucking miserable. And he uses like the whole ring. And yeah. that's a really cool gimmick, you and, know? And we get a good bit with, with that inward facing 619. He manages to duck out of the way and then as soon as Ray's done his full rotation, he just looks at Finley and just kicks him in the head so fucking hard. <laughs> as well as being a wily veteran, though, Finley is also a very grunty motherfucker. We get our grunt of the night here, pals. At 1 hour 34 minutes and 57 seconds, Finley throws Ray shoulder first into the ring post and does a big gargling. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Was he like Sonic training? Oh, no. <laughs> that Finley will use anything he can. Look at this. Did you hear? Uh, You're resting against Finley and the whole time is going. Right, this is the kind of the big spot now of the yes. match. We get a guillotine leg drop from Ray through the ropes. Finley does a masterful job of going blap where it looks like yeah. he's right in his fucking head. Yeah. I'd seen this pay-per-view before, and I was hook, line, and sinker thinking that he was hurt. Jimmy throws up the X. Yeah. yeah. We get the stretcher, the whole there's, nine yards. There's, there's one little moment though where you can tell he's faking because he does open his eyes and look at the camera and just goes. Oh! I, I could tell it wasn't a shoot, but I thought this was the finish because I was like, well, you're going to do a fucking DQ in the ECW match. Yeah, sure, we'll end this match with Finley getting stretched out of the arena. Why not? Bad vibes. Yeah, seriously. So I, I bought into this actually being I, the end I, of the I match. In, I, I forgot at Habat how this match ended I completely mm. forgot about this so it, so it got me I thought it was I was thought the same as you because, because it goes happen. on for just long enough yeah. where you're like oh okay this is it they're now, taking their time with yeah. this JBL puts over the horrible spill Magal it's like when you see one of them little kids getting hurt on the skateboard uh, check Finney is 48 here <laughs> radical <laughs> 
It was a very long ruse all along. Of course it's a ruse, Magdalene grew up in Northern Ireland, bombs going off. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's he's learned how to, He learned how to do this growing up in the fucking troubles. It's, it's true what you do. Your Catholics would often get on a stretcher <laughs> yeah. and would go away and the Protestants would go, what's going on here? <laughs> you know? Finley sucks chance. Hats off to him. He got real heat. Yep. Yeah. And they started off pretty much stone cold in this one. There was not... A, mm. There wasn't... People were down after the Triple H match, yep. I think. They weren't excited. Got him right into it. I wasn't expecting him to jump up and just run at Ray. I, what I was expecting was, like, Ray was going to, like... See if he was okay. And he grabs him, grab him, like get him in a headlock. Then he like, springs out of that. Yeah. Springs out just like, blindsided. He has the right mix of intensity, where what he does to Ray is really like quick and vicious. But then he lets, like, he'll do something like a big snap slam on the ground, and mm. then he just lets it breathe for long enough, where he's like, not like wallowing in your booze, but it's like I fucking know what I've done, and fuck, yes. I don't care what you think. Yeah. He just treats it like a mean old fucker doing something really nasty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Ray is great at the cell in here. He's like properly like Ray doesn't seem like an Egypt for falling for this. It feels no, like no. Ray has always been a compassionate guy. Absolutely. And he's like, oh well, it is what it is, and he gets fucking waffled. Finley gonna hink an impact mangle. He gonna drink a Guinness in the bar. <laughs> I thought. No, not a great match, but a great angle. I'll give yeah, it that. I really, I really enjoyed it. One of um, the best things on the show. Yes. It's rare that a, a match that ends in no contest can leave you feeling like, yeah. Yeah, actually satisfied. It's rare, it? but I, I, they, Finlay and Ray pulled it off here. Agreed. Backstage, Vince McMahon and Triple H. Again, you think that you've wrestled tonight. You're going to wrestle for a third time tonight, pal. Okay. I don't sweat that. I'm too cool to care. Yeah, he no-sells this. Yeah. Doesn't care. No. Crowd make a noise when Randy is announced as the opponent. They make a noise, and I'm not going to say that it is a cheer, because they're like, oh. oh. So no Jericho Cause at, then. Because no. at this point, you they, they probably realise, oh, so Randy's getting it back then. Yeah. Now. Yes, blatantly. Last man standing stipulation. I could only say Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck me. Here we go. Coming up next. Oh, God, I can't even muster the enthusiasm. Oh, come on, pal. No, it's okay. We can do it. Coming up next, the Glamazon. Beth Phoenix taking on one of the worst face turns ever. Candice Michelle for the Women's Championship. I swear to fucking God, right? There was a gimmick they had going for a while where it was, you're the lady, you win the fucking the Diva Search, put you on TV as a sexy character, mm-hmm. then we get the Playboy, we'll put you in a title match at WrestleMania, rinse and repeat. Yep. Ashi Mazzaro, Maria Kanellis, Candice Michelle, for some reason, they go, you know what, let's see if you can really run with it. And they fucking book her then as being like, the fighting champion. Like, they want her to be the new Trish, where it's like, oh, you knew her as eye candy, but Candice Michelle is a great competitor. Right. And fuck me, Candice Michelle was so much better as like, a pretty girl heel who's like, ah, don't fight me. I'm going to hide behind Victoria or whatever. Then, like, meant to be the fighting champion. The fucking music. (laughs) Her coming up trying to hype people up. Be like, yeah! This is not a faces music. No, definitely not. Look, if you're going to book fucking sexy ladies or whatever and be insistent on it, like, it's Candice Michelle. She should just come out to her, like, sexy music or whatever and have her pose around. But, like, 
hurt. Like, she's out of breath going, yeah. come on! It's like your mum's had too much to drink oh, at graduation. Mm. Fucking hell. It feels to me like a tough enough audition yes. where it's like, I'm going to give it socks. And, ah, just keep screaming as much as I can. Maybe they'll like me. Look, Candice Michelle has not got a woman in a rain vibes. She's got a woman talking to a mob boss who goes, what makes you think I want to hear you talk <laughs> That's the only way that she should be having this music. I just thought it was because I was a fan of hers not a fan of hers this fucking like women's champion face and they are struggling with Trish being gone yeah. and them not really buying Mickey James even though Mickey James is easily the most popular woman yeah. wrestling Mickey James is great Beth Phoenix though Beth is yeah. a capable wrestler. But she's fresh out OVW. I was, gonna, I, mm, I was green absolutely shocked by this version. When I heard it was Beth Phoenix, I was like, sweet, glamour's on. Oh, that is not the Beth Phoenix she's I know. not confident at all. No. Like. She is as incomplete a wrestler as her theme is. Her theme's missing like two or three layers of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you might get something out of this match, though, because it's very grunty. It's, ve um, it's more... It's more <laughs> screamy than grunty, I would say, but yeah. I take your point. Candice Michelle is a very vocal wrestler. Candice's boots have got wings on them. Uh, that, cool. Yeah, because she's a high flyer, isn't it? At the end of the time, it looks like pretty shit. It looks like she's just kind of like fallen in some fluff or something like that. And you know, I will at least say they're wrestling. And yep. I don't know a lot about this period of time, but I've heard that like women's wrestling got a lot worse before it got a lot it better. Did, yeah. And I was expecting that. I always assumed this period of time was hair pulling and slaps and all that shit. They wrestle, they do moves, they actually attempt some things. It's not all very pretty, but it is at least meant to be wrestling. My issue with this and the way the reason why I get quite down on it is that like, this is like 2007. This is kind of the firm end of like pudding matches and bra right. panties and bikini contests and stuff like so that. They're done with that. They're, now. they're pretty much done with that. But the problem I have is, is that we have this period now where they go with Kelly Kelly, Candice Michelle, and a couple of women who they're trying to make to be Trish Stratus 2.0. Mm -hmm. And they give out these matches which are like three minutes no fucking heat they try a bunch of shit and a lot of it doesn't fucking hit and the problem is is then when you get into like 2010 2011 2012 2013 you got all these women who are coming up who actually could probably have done this role but they still are booking it like ah well remember candace and kelly and all them yeah. sure the women will get like that's why it rest those WrestleMania's we did in season two we got three minute women's matches yeah it's because they think it's all like this and I think it's shit because they threw a bunch of women in the deep end. Candice Michelle signed up thinking that she was going to be rolling around in pudding pretty much. Right. And all of a sudden she's meant to be putting on a clinic with Beth Phoenix. I just think that they booked this division in a way that then justified their shitty booking of it to themselves yeah. Yeah. for the next like 10 years. Because Women's Revolution was what, 2014, 15, if that? Yeah. we got a long yeah, fucking road to go, lads. Yeah, what was the turn turnaround? What was what? Um, AJ and Caitlin was the real Maybe like. 2013 yeah. push, yeah. But they were still, you know, wrestling for the Divas Championship yeah, that's it. It was a long while. Like that. And I just like, they say nothing, literally nothing in this match other than how beautiful they are. Yeah. Like Beth and Candice. And that's JR. JR is talking about oh, how sexy they are. Mm. I mean, it's as awkward as, I mean, look, don't you see, take it from me, JR describing women in any form in 2022 is always a lot of fun. Mm. On AEW, if a new woman comes out, what will JR call her? Well, that's a very. Uh, uh, um, 
a physical woman. Physical mm, woman. A physical woman. She has a physical form. Uh, uh, Britt Baker is wearing um, uh, kind of a, uh, leggings tonight. Jesus <coughs> you know, whatever the verbal equivalent on commentary of a cowboy, of an unwanted cowboy emoji is. Oh. That's it. But it's here in 07, hearing him being like, oh, Candace is so beautiful, King. And Beth Phoenix... She may be deadly, but don't forget, she's beautiful as well. Yeah. I just thought the whole vibe was weird. And they're trying to, like, you know, they're doing, like, kicks and shots. Like, they are trying yeah. to fucking wrestle, but they're not talking about the wrestling no. commentary. Not at all. It's like, why are you even trying, you know? There's a couple of sloppy bits towards the end. Candice yeah. is just, like, a step off. I think she's also gassed as well, it looks like, by the end of it. Sure. And Beth isn't confident enough to kind of carry her. I mean, I love Beth in a few years is all these times where it's like her picking up someone tiny for the glam stand and being like, you ready, sweetie? Yeah. <laughs> Boom! But here, she's just not yet there. Uh, the cradle brain buster is a, not a good finisher for no, her. It's not good. And also, she takes way too long to cover Candice afterwards. So then when she finally crawls over, gets the cover, and it's the three. Pin will drop. Absolute silence. And Beth's like fucking crying because oh, she's no. won the belt. And it's just she's so, so awkward. Nerv- she's so nervous. Yeah. And J.R. informs us that Beth Phoenix is the new women's champion. And she is sexy and strong. <laughs> And she like gestures over to Kings, like King, can you come over here, please? Oh, don't do a promo. What now. What was the vibe meant to me? Because I thought like the classic Glamazon for me is like like she's meant to make herself out to be kind of like this almost like Athena like figure, mm, yes. you know? She's like a goddess come to life and all that. But here she's all like, I'm so beautiful and yeah. per. It's like an Eric Cartman promo or something. Yeah, like, like I'm a perfect bee. She's obviously out of breath, which doesn't help. But yeah. then she's also crying and just clearly like nervous, like you say. But, but you can't be. You can't say you're the perfect being. Yeah, there's a little bit whilst, of eugenics for me. Whilst well. gassed and crying, got like a sniffle on the yeah, go. Yeah, like, warbly voice. Yeah. Like. She needs to sell it like she's got the redstone of Asia. Like <laughs> the perfect being. I issued in a new era. The era of the Glamazon. The era of Glamazon. Oh. And I'm a share material. It's crazy because we know that Beth gets so much better. But yeah. it's, just, it's, so, it's so weird seeing how green she is. But again, here. what were they doing down in Developmental for the past five years? Yeah. You can see OVW from yeah. 04 and 05. They were having like... 15 woman you know brawn panties gauntlet matches because they thought they were fixing up women to go on and be in playboy and stuff that's Mm -hmm. what they wanted they wanted the binders full of women that johnny ace had supplied and all of a sudden beth phoenix the one who can actually wrestle and do a gimmick you know she becomes their cornerstone for the next few years as a result king sits down he tries to sell the problems like JR, I didn't even feel comfortable holding the microphone for her. Oh, come on. Here's a question. Why? <laughs> I think he was meant to imply that he was intimidated by her. Is by, what by, he's by trying to get how at. perfect a being she was. Yeah. Blinding lies. It's just the grit. The amount of grit that uh, emanates from Beth Phoenix. Well, it's the type of thing I've always said, but you can expect from a show that literally has no bad matches on it. Yeah. You know, I've, well, this, I've always said that. Th- this this is the the, the, the the one match I said that there's like, apart from maybe oh, one. Oh, the exception yes. to the rule. This is the, the exception one. This and not Viscera versus CM Punk. No, that was fine. Understood. It's amazing that this match manages to be bad in its own right, but also like be symbolic of the greater problems yeah. of the women's division. Yeah. You know, that's a case study of a match right there. But hey, enough faffing around. It's time to go into Punjabi prison. World Heavyweight Championship on the line as Batista is looking to get revenge against the Great Cali. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I beat you before, Grey Kali, and I have no choice but to hopefully beat you again <laughs> this Sunday. And I don't know about you, but I picked up a little bit of a, a, a passive-aggressive dig at old Big Dave. Dave Batista, hoping that this won't be another short title reign. Oh, he's dude. Had, uh, he couldn't get, help it. He got injured all those times, yeah. didn't he? I want my rematch, though. So. <laughs> I remember back in, like, around this time, there was someone who was, like, fucking Newgrounds Rebounds World who had put together a super cut, and it was, like, every single match Batista ever had, and then him going, and I want my rematch afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Batista in a suit with sunglasses being like, I don't want to give it up, but I have to. Like. <laughs> Okay, JBL came early to see this match being set up, folks. He is fascinated by the Punjabi We've seen prison. one before. Yeah. He, and he does refer at one point to this match that it's like something from Jurassic Park. Yeah, which he, is, he as we know, that is Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. The outer structure has no doors whatsoever, ever, ever. Ooh. At all. Cool. I loved how bored everyone sounded in the promo yeah. for this. Like, even Cal Lee, when he was going, ah, was just yeah. You know what? The, I did like the supercut in the package of all the people having their heads crushed it's like, by yeah. Carly. And then blood gushing out yeah. of Ray's mouth yeah. and whatnot. That was cool. It was scary as fuck. It puts him over as a monster. Uh-huh. Cali was as impressive seeming in this video package as I've ever had him alluded to be. Agree. I, I think this is the most impressive he's looked in a match as well, apart from the one where he beat the Undertaker in fucking seconds. Mm. I, I mean, think this is the most. I think this is the most solid he's looked ever. I think well, I was surprised by his mobility. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, he he was sitting cross-legged on the floor earlier. That's this is it. not the great Cali of 2000. And, I mean, think about think about. It, he was on the roster for seven years. Yes, he was there for a long time. Long time. So he at least had to have one year where he was semi-mobile. I guess. Yeah. I guess this is this. Great performance here from noted creep Justin Roberts as he has to read out all the rules for this long-ass match. The interior structure has four doors, each one attended by a referee, which can be called for by a competitor. The door will remain open for 60 seconds. Once the 60 seconds has elapsed, the door will shut for good. The exterior structure has no doors whatsoever. Remember that point. The only way to win is by escaping both structures. Cool. Callie comes out and goes through a little door. There's a door there, then, is there? Okay. How did he get in there, then? There wasn't any doors. It's so cute. I I think 60 seconds is too long. It's so long. I I I think 30 seconds is maybe too short. I think 45, maybe. I think just 10 seconds is enough time to crawl through a hole. There's no way Carly's getting through a hole in 10 seconds. That's the the real tension of it, though, Billy. Honestly, I think you can fucking count to 100 or count to 2. It won't make any difference. You're not getting any tension from the fucking countdown climber on a small gate being opened. There's only three left now. Oh, no. They also not open for long enough. It's still impossible to see inside the cage if you're yeah, in the crowd. Yeah, fucking head. It genuinely hurts my eyes it to works, look at this though, match. Because you just about can't tell that Cali is gassed from his entrance. Mm. That deep squat to get in there, that's his work and done. Yeah. The reason he doesn't take the powerbomb later is because he did that. Oh. He entered the match. Can I talk about the deep squat of Dave Batista when he comes out to do his entrance? Please. That's impressive. Oh, yeah. the, the tailbone kisses the floor <laughs> that's amazing unbelievable stuff I wish I could do that when I had all the fucking surgeries in the world that he had Aww. he can squat for miles inside this pit of danger <laughs> okay I will describe the crowd reaction as best I can feel free to jump in if you think you've got better mm. I refer to this as immediate discordant booze <laughs> that works Kali does Andre the Giant's main spot. You know the one he would finish matches with back in the day. He does that in the next 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. 
So we're out of ideas quite quickly here. The door opens. <gasps> the countdown is on. Yes. Dun, dun, 60. Dun, dun, 59. Dun, dun, 58. Dun, dun. The crowd stops chanting along around 45. Yeah. They were there at the moment. Buzz. Oh, no. Guys, the door is closed now. Yeah, there's only three more doors. A small, confused pop echoes around the arena. <laughs> uh, door two is now open. Guys, would you believe us? Did you, did it all make it out? It, no, it closed. Oh shit! And uh, we are clubbing blows from the great Carly. Oh, that's cool. That's new. We that Carly lifts Batista up by the fucking throat and tries to grate him against the fucking bamboo. At that's least fucking, someone tried that's to. That's fucking it. cool. Yeah. That's someone something. tried to use the structure yes. at least. Yeah. Finally, we get more clubbing blows. This time from Batista. Oh. The leather strap comes in. There you go. And also a garrotting rope. A garrotting rope. A uh, door. Number three is opening up oh, now. On, this here is we it go. This time, baby. With the big spine on the pine. Here, here we go. Is. Door number three closes. Oh, fuck. Special beige ring mat, I just realised for this one. Oh, I didn't even notice yeah. that. Special yeah. tan ring mat. Very nice. nice. But like, the actual, like, in between, like, I know we've, we've just been skipping to the doors. The actual inside, there has been, like, Carly's been put over here. Stop this. Look at no, this. No, liars. No, Stop Carly, at this. Carly, 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 like, there's moments where Carly is, like, Mopping the floor with Batista. Yeah, by doing clubbing blows is what I said. <laughs> we must remind ourselves, based on what you've said in the past, I believe you were referring to this Punjabi prison when this you is, said, yeah, this, this, this is my Hell in a Cell 98. This, right. is, this is close yeah. to this the is, this is, this, I, I think, I, I find it bizarre that you're saying this is a bad match, honestly. You find it bizarre. Yeah. I, like I don't like. I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a, a great match. I'm not saying. <laughs> You're not it's saying a, it's a five star classic. I'm, it's because no. it's it's not. But I, I like it's really entertaining. This match, I think, okay. really entertaining. Yeah. You know what? I will give you that it's better than the last Punjabi prison. Yes, match it is. We it's the best of the three. Okay. Yeah. We can agree on that. Yeah, it is the best. It's of the, the three. two towers of the Punjabi prison match trilogy. Ranjit Singh sat there eating a carrot. Stop trying to make it more fun. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but Batista took a little tumble off the cage. As Michael Cole says, exasperated after door three, John, who can escape this? This. Punjabi prison. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they got me at one point when they teased a power bomb to Kali. I, I wrote down here, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, they will kill the great Kali <laughs> yeah. tonight. But no, we don't get it. We get right into the vice grip. A couple of moments in the match where Cole and JBL refer to Batista as animal. Like animal up on the top there, animal yes. time to escape. Mm, weird. That didn't get over. Maybe no. because animal had just been then left at the movie. I was going to say, we've got an animal. It's animal. All the doors are locked now. So we are informed oh, you're going to have to climb to get out. And yeah. Kali has knocked out our boy Jimmy K. Oh no. But that's after like the, uh, Kali slams the door on um, Batista's like oh wife. sorry on the back yes. he, squ yes. he squishes him yes. squishes him like grapes and here's the problem right <laughs> this is exactly what happened when Judgment Day attacked AJ Styles and put his arm in a cardboard Kevin. box and placed it on top no. there's no impact he's like it's, the, the, it's not got a nice action it's a fucking yeah. like honestly it's like if you put someone's head in a DVD player and press <laughs> it's as impactful as that like you know a fucking top loader and everything so the doors are all locked now. They're going to have to climb up. Okay. I, I would like JBL to explain how this Punjabi prison match is something 
like out of the imagination of Stephen King. Right, that's it, because he, he doesn't say Steven Spielberg movie. He goes, like something Stephen King would ride up, Maggle, a giant dinosaur climbing a cage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? What is happening? Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Stephen King. I was going to say, someone's clearly not read the full Dark Tower series, I mean, obviously. I, I mean, if this was, if this was a, a, you know, a sentient car, maybe. Look, mm-hmm. you know. Billy, I'll give you this much. The spectacle of seeing the Grey Cali climb up the first cage, then Michael Cole say, just another taller cage to go. <laughs> and can get up there and he starts fucking going. And Batista is way behind. Batista's still in the interior yeah. structure. Cali is really slowly climbing Batista's up. Batista's having to hold himself back yeah. so bad. Silence from the crowd. And Michael Cole goes, imagine if he fell. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting some sort of fighting in the middle bit. Something the, like because between the cages because we see that the table is the table is there that we had last time of some There's weapons like and, and some and gimmicks stuff. and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm I am surprised that we didn't yeah we didn't go into the forbidden zone this time because we we did with with Big Show and Taker they they utilized the forbidden I, zone. It's purely because of the big spot we get here with Dave, which is the spot of the match. Yeah, the Mission Impossible spot. You couldn't yeah. have done this if they'd have brawled between the cages. But what we get here is Dave diving from the one interior cage to yeah. the outside cage, which looked really cool. I liked that proper little action movie spot. Imagine how nervous he was about I doing it because he's shaky as yeah. well. When he you don't when he jump from on one side of the Punjabi prison to the other. But what if I end up in Punjabi prison, Mike? You don't fucking do it. Like when he lands on the, the outer cage, it fucking rattles. It like it looks yeah. very flimsy. Batista wins the race despite starting much, much later. And Batista and kind of Cali are like, it's awkward because they're both like right in front of each other. And yeah, Cali's kind of, raging. Yeah, like. they have to kind of like slowly walk away. Cali showed more in this match than he usually does. He had face expressions, he was disappointed. And I, there is a kind of a resounding sense of great job, Batista, for getting through it as well. Mm. I think this is the best Carly's looked. Agreed. This ever. is the, the best Carly match I've ever seen, for sure. Far and away. I, I would say at this point, even though I was... I will agree, Billy, it's your best boys pick. But at this point, I was pretty fucking flagging. Because yes. I had another Triple H match to come yes. now. That's crazy, because I, I never felt once... Oh, oh look this whole smoke the whole pack bollocks. I'm sick no, and tired like, of this. Honestly, like, I, I watched this in two sections. But purely only because my, my network kept breaking. Uh, but like I, I honestly this was a fucking breeze for me to get through I, I watched this at 7 in the morning dude jeez what a dark sided death yeah and I was like I was like literally the sun is coming up I'm like time for Triple H versus Randy Orton part 2 we can get through this we can do this folks uh, backstage Triple H and Tog Disham he's there to talk about this business in this business you will get hurt so Randy Orton Prepare to get hurt in the lightest last man standing match you'll ever be in. This is our main event, folks. WWE Championship. Mm. The match so nice, they gave it to us twice. Full entrances and everything. Yeah. Has this ever happened before on pay-per-view where the match that opens the show is also the match that closes the show? I mean, Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania 30. Yeah, but no, he, 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 he different matches. Different matches. He wrestled two Same with Brett at 10. He wrestled mm. on at the start. And the same two the guys end. have started the show and closed the show. I don't know if they ever topped and tailed a show this no. way. Probably a good reason for that, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's not saying a lot about this, that the fact that I saw there was 30 minutes left in the pay-per-view, Ugh. but then the fact that they did the full entrances, championship in-ring introductions, mm. the whole nine yards. So the match ended up only being around 15 or 16 minutes. 
that was a godsend. Yes. But like when I was watching this live and it still felt now, it's like you had another match on this show, surely. One guy leaving shouldn't mess up the pace of a show this much. No, there was no need. Do you reckon if Cena was still there, was this the moment they were going to put the belt on Randy anyway? Or was it Oh just, yeah, I figured so. You think Randy was yeah, going to no, beat Cena time. tonight? It yeah. was definitely time at this point. Randy was definitely starting it. Whether he would have had it like edge and lose it a month later, mm. who knows? Mm. But I would have said this would have been Randy's night. It felt like it. And I think that was a lot of the reason why the logic here was to still go with Randy. Mm. Ultimately, it was because that was the original plan. And this feels like there is the bones of the original plan rattling around in here somewhere, mm. I guess. J.R., I'm going to say it right now, I think he may even be my MVP for the whole night, if I'm thinking about it. Wow. There's no man who did more to really try and put this over. He tried, he put on the JR voice. He did. And he, this is the era where he stopped doing that all the time. But you need the voice and the verbiage. And you get things in this match like JR describing Randy as, he's narcissistic, but nasty. <laughs> like he may be narcissistic king but don't forget he's also nasty he's got this big list of ones that Heyman didn't use like abusive yet elusive yeah. or narcissistic yet nasty this is a nice long match compared to the first one that just seemed like it was long yep when's the last time you had three or something in three hours as a matter of interest I don't know I just feel like nothing in wrestling can be given to you this many times and you go yay maybe Brett maybe maybe even still Punches and bunches and kicks and clicks. Because there's groups. They're grouping together. They do lots of punches and kicks. We get reminders every 90 seconds. Did you know, folks, that Triple H has wrestled three times tonight? That yeah, is look, unprecedented. Oh, and you know what? Something they did here, which they do all the time now. I see it all the time when I'm reviewing the pay-per-views for, for How To. But there's no excuse in 2007 to give me a full recap of everything no, that happened. No, no, we didn't need to do that. That was another like... 10 shaved off. Yes. Yeah. And in spite of all that time saving, I was still angrily pondering, as I often do in matches like this, why wrestling doesn't have credits. Because when I'm watching something long on Cinema Swill, I'll be like, there's 10 minutes. You can knock 10 off the end of that. I'll knock 20, yeah. 30 minutes off the end of that for the credits. Yeah. <laughs> Here, I'm like, no, this is going to be it. I got to watch the whole damn thing. So the, the, first, the first five minutes of this match, I thought were kind of boring. It's only when it's only when they start going for the nine counts yeah when randy who at this point he he's been the legend killer and you know he's he's put everyone away by being vicious and nasty when when that side of randy comes out about five minutes into this match mm. that's when this really picks up for me yeah and like from i'd say the last 10 minutes when we do get like the you know the six counts and the nine counts and get all that this is where this really picks up i think they get there in the end, but I feel like it's like I was expecting there to be a five minutes, ten minute flourish of actual offense at the end. Yeah. Solely because they felt like, you know, okay, you've been holding back because something's coming. Yeah. So at this point now you actually have to deliver the thing. What's the something? I will say the reliance on rest holes was still here in this one because we got the cable choke which was like i enjoyed that though because that's a that's a body scissors while choking out Triple yeah H. but here's the thing right you give me the choke it has to be like yeah, yeah. you yeah. don't do a fucking cable and then we go to sleep for a fucking bit uh, no, but he's got fairness. the injured ribs he's got the injured ribs he's getting all the squish and all the air and also it gives us our gloop of the night that's because yeah. yeah triple h makes his own cable it comes yeah, out it. it's, it's like a big long frog spawn and it's like <laughs> it's sort of like the gloop equivalent of a death rattle where it's like mm. comes out really slow and tragic like yeah. and that's his soul left his body now triple h up at nine and i think if i'm being pedantic i think that you should say it's like two it's a kick out to two you know 
And I, I hate, you know, when I get too many kickouts or two. And I yeah. see it uh, very often when I watch AEW. Sometimes I'm like, that's once to the well too many. Mm-hmm. I've chilled out in a little bit in recent years. But getting up at nine, I think there was like six times they got up at a nine that's count. Yeah. And that reminded me of frustratingly playing Yee on WWE yes. 13. They're like, nine, fuck off. <laughs> Always pop for Taz shuffling out of the way when wrestlers approach yeah. the desk. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't paid enough for this. Randy tries the RKO and he's sent through the table. Or as JR says, Randy Orton just destroyed the extreme announce table. Oh. He's giving it socks at him. Come on yeah. now. And yeah. this is where we get a big old doink to Orton of the stairs. Oh, this was a second. This was not nice. Big steps to Randy's face. The, the selling on Randy, the eyes open and the mouth just sort of slack. Just yeah. like... Very realistic. Like, very realistic and uh, acting from him. This match is far from anarchy in the arena. So the fact that there is, like, bits that are missed, I thought was like, how does that happen? Yeah. A slow-paced match. Because there's a big spot that they do is Triple H doing the spine buster on the floor. Mm-hmm. And they were a busy show to replay. And it was so funny because the replay plays and JR just screams, the live action! The live action! <laughs> the live action! <laughs> Fucking brilliant. That made it seem chaotic, you know? But yeah, Randy getting uh, up at nine for a third time, that was like to mm. the point where it was undoing him being the kind of heel you were presenting him as yeah. earlier mm. in the night. But the DDT onto the chair by Randy, who then sets up an RKO onto the chair. That should have been the end of the match. Should I thought that was a great An yeah. RKO onto a upright chair. That's it, the chair's That should open. be, you're down. Yeah. You're, you're done. Like, so I would, if I, if I was fucking booking this, I would have put all the stuff that happens after it before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the, but the RK on the chair, that how's that not your finish? Because it's, it's monstrous. Because, Billy, it gives us our final form of Triple H. Defiant Triple H. Covered in blood, asking people to suck oh, my dick. Yeah. You still could have done that than have him be RKO'd onto a chair. Like, because I think that's such a horrible manoeuvre. I thought that this bit coming up here was just a little bit too saccharine. Like, Triple H, I can buy as a good guy, but for me, Triple H, as a good guy, he should be one of those characters where he's still that old character, you know, he's just kind of directing his ire on someone you don't like. Exactly. Yeah. Triple H in the love triangle with yeah. Stephanie and Kurt. And when Randy goes for the punch, which you might know this, Adam, but at this point, this is like, this is the move. This is the yeah. move that kills, it takes you out of action for months. He's done it to people and they're gone from TV. It was like Kevin Owens and the powerbomb onto the apron in NXT. And Triple H stops the punch and he literally stands up and he starts fucking hulking up. He's like, he fucking quivers. He wobbles his muscles around and he does the big fucking heat spot. It's cringy. I thought that that was just too like doing it for America, brother. I don't know. I hate the Triple H we get tonight. You know I'm a huge Triple H mark, but this cooler than cool nothing phases me i'm such a nice cool tough guy triple h after you've had that as well you don't need to go to the outside of the ring which they do again again randy on the outside he accidentally waffles himself at the corner of the stairs when he has them up there as well yeah so you get the low blow or ko on the table triple h is down and they do the you know of all nights for you you can go he's out 10 you know but no, Triple H is it's literally like start, yeah. still fucking Nearly. barely making oh, it. Oh, what a big heart he's got. You know, he had to wrestle three times tonight. I don't think Triple H can do a last man standing match to save his fucking life. Because I remember him and Sean had that one at the Royal Rumble where it was similarly, you've gone, you went way too far. Mm. Him and Jericho was good, I think. Oh, yeah, In the yeah. summer of 2000, they had a good one that put Jericho over strong. Oh, that, like... that makes me say, who, who came up with that one then? Like, mm. I don't know. I just felt that this was like, 
you wrestled three times, you've won the belt, you defended against Jumaga, and you lost valiantly here. You've got nothing left to prove. You don't it. need to That's do enough. the fucking crawling in. The, you know, he's he's still kind of moving around even after the 10 count. Yep. Randy wins the stupid match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and JR and King have to give us another kind of five minutes of padding. You know, it's all like as if we had that twice already with title matches. Mm. It's just it's bizarre the padding in this. We barely got to the two hours fifty mark. This could have yeah. been two and a half hours with a lot less guff. Yeah. I think would have been a bit more enjoyable as well. We, I think we have got we've got no John Cena, and we've got an additional bonus six man tag. How does it feel like that, this? I don't what get was it. Cena meant to do on this show yeah. exactly? Was what he big doing plans it? apparently? It was yeah. to, and that was supposed to be a last man standing match as well. Yeah. So I like I don't know what. I mean, we, and we got the additional first Randy. And Triple H match. Yeah. That wasn't supposed to be there. No, that wouldn't have been there So we've had all. two additional matches. And from still what... needed to fill and time. And still needed to like... fill time. I think for me, looking back on this pay-per-view, the one thing that went away from it this time, which was when I first saw it back in the day, you have that angry, you have that kind of anger and disappointment that's always very bitter in the mouth where it's like, wrestling in real life is kind of a bit fucked up at the moment. Mm. Like, what's going to happen? The champ is, you know, injured and the main event's out the window. Wanting to see it unfold. And I think you can't help but fall into the trap then of booking things that you want to happen in your head. But I don't think it's kind of out of the ordinary, unreasonable for you at the time, you know, as an 18-year-old or whatever, being like, I really expect there to be an appearance from Y2J Chris Jericho tonight. But I didn't have that feeling this time. So I will concede, Billy, that this show was the best voice picks that you have picked. And also that is, can I be able to say this, the best, the best Punjabi prison match. But I will still say, as an actual show, this thing was a fucking mess. (laughs) I thought it was a fucking big smelly dog turd. I can remind you as well, we could have recorded six Control Your Narrative episodes in the time it took to watch that. That's true. Six! I... I agree with Kevin, I'm afraid, Billy. Yay! I, 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 well, I don't want you in my coalition I, of chaos, it's actually. Fine. It's fine. I sat down very excited to watch this. I want you to know, I didn't go into this with my arms folded. I went into this with a sense of jubilation and excitement, mm. and I felt so irritated by the end of this show. Almost every match pissed me off in some way or form. And <laughs> even like what you were saying before about how this is all to set up Randy as the new champion, I think this is a horrible way to start a title reign. Like, he immediately, in his first night, he got rolled up by Triple H in a three-minute match and lost his belt straight away. Mm. And then he was only able to beat Triple H in a gruesome, like, no disqualification match because Triple H had wrestled in three matches that night. Like, I think it makes Randy look like such a fucking weakling and a joke straight off the bat. But the conspiracy theory with all of us, you know, who hated John Cena and also by proxy hated Triple H from the old days was that this was just all set up so Triple H could get another title reign in his column so yes. he could, you know, be the guy, number, yeah. Rick get up to the Ric Flair number, which yeah. of course it ain't ever going to happen. But like, I would say there was ways to go with this that could have worked with Randy building off the chaos. But the next night on Raw, they were like, JR and King falling over themselves. But King being like, he's won the world title for the first time, JR. And then JR being like, well, actually in 2004, he beat Chris Benoit yep. for the world title. Of course, missing the fact that Randy technically is a two-time world champion at this point. Mm, WWE yes. champion. Yes. Which makes him technically a three-time world champion. Ugh. So what's the fucking point then? Yeah. Like, you know? I wonder if these get counted as two separate reigns on Randy's official mm. listings. Because he is... 
he and John are the two lads who are up there now yeah. with that really high number in 2022. I think they probably do get counted as. I mean, it two is separate, two separate reigns, technically. Well, Billy, how did you get on with your precious I, fucking I page? genuinely <laughs> enjoyed this. I was just trying to remember, it's like, is, isn't this the, the with, with Cena gone? Isn't this the Super Cena where he's back in January? He comes back yeah, in the Rumble. The, the, yeah, the, so yeah. he was supposed to be gone for at minimum six, he's gone for two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two and a half. He, he comes back like fucking Superman. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's the first of many early returns for Big Match John. I, I generally had a breeze watching this paper. Honestly. <laughs> he, for like, the listener, he is sat with his hands behind I've his head. I've never seen right you now. sit like this no, in the many I, years I've known like, you. Like... I'm, I'm not it's gonna, like watching JR sit like this I'm, you never do that I'm, I'm not going to pretend this is a Wrestlemania 17 or a Wrestlemania 30 really oh that's good not the matches with five star classics yeah I'm no, not gonna, I'm not, but I I genuinely like with the with the previous boy, boys picks I've had like I, I fully admit with the, the Great American Bash I said at the time I picked the wrong pay-per-view mm-hmm. and I had a hard time watching that one I had less of a hard time with SummerSlam this was a fucking breeze. Well, like, you know, at least he softened the blow by getting us the really bad ones first. So when true. it came to this, yeah. this was and a little bit less bad. Like Kevin said, this is by far the best Billy's picks we've done. And no matter all my complaints about it, this is still a hundred times preferable yeah, yeah, yeah. than doing Control Your Narrative. Okay, Match of the Night MVP. Come on, <laughs> let's fucking wrap it up now. Match of the Night, uh, Finley versus Mysterio. Yeah. Don't even need to explain why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most competent wrestling on the card. And MVP would be Finley as well, I think. Like, I think he did an excellent job in that match. He, I've always liked Finley, but it was in that match where I was like, oh, yeah, he's a very smart and cunning wrestler as well, isn't he? I mean, I was like, oh, I can't just pick the same one as you, but I'm struggling to think of another match on the card that was like, I mean, remotely. I mean, what, it, what else is there? It's not. Like, I, I, literally, I literally can't give Match of the Night to the Punjabi prison match. I mean, it wasn't as like, I didn't fucking hate myself afterwards, but after watching it, it's got to be Finley and and, yeah. and and Ray, I guess. And I, I'm going to stand by my my pick MVP. I think it's JR. It was like, you know, I could see Michael Cole being the point man on this and it not being over as, or at least trying to make it seem like it's over. Like, if there ever is kind of a belief that an announcer can make something seem like a bigger deal than it actually is because it should seem that way I think JR picks up the win here tonight in that respect I think that particularly in match number three he did his damnedest he put on the mm. he put on the JR voice which mm. was a rarity because once it comes to 2008 they're drafting this man to Smackdown and that's a fucking downward spiral which he do not his, his enthusiasm ever recovered from so I think this for me was like one of the last moments of that JR, yeah. you know what I mean? And I think even if it was on all cylinders, it was still a bit of that JR. He was bringing a bit of a WrestleMania-style JR to a B show that needed a hook. Mm-hmm. Billy, what's your match tonight at MVP? So before I watched this pay-per-view, I had an idea in my head of what it was going to be before watching it. So in my head, because I remembered it so fondly, I was going to be, the Punjabi prison match is going to be my match of the night, and my MVP is going to be Triple H. That's what I went going into it. Um, coming out the other side of it, that's not the case. I'd say the Punjabi Prison match is my second favourite match of the night. Mm. But my favourite match of this was a match I completely forgot about was Finlay versus Rey Mysterio. How about that, That's a great fucking match. If, if there is one match people at home should go and watch, 
watch that match. Mm. Just to I see how, how that type of a double, you know, as you're saying, you know, no contest shouldn't normally be yeah. you know, much of a heat getter yeah. at it, but like, I think that was proof that it can mm. work. With a crowd that was kind of geared towards being a bit jaded as it yeah. was. like. Um, and then MVP, again, I, I was expecting to give it to Triple H, I'm giving it to Finley just for seeing the things we don't normally say in an inward facing 619 you know him getting himself in these he positions he feels like he's from another game or something like that yeah, yeah. It feels like, like, you know, it he's feels, been imported he's yeah. like a parallel universe where yeah. everything's only slightly different and yeah. he's just trying to find himself fitting into this universe I'm glad you mentioned the possibility of him getting your MVP because I do feel a little bit bad or first recording post retirement that he wrestled three nights like, he's three matches like, yeah. and he didn't it's, even get a whiff of a look it's, in it's, yeah. a, it's a special mission mentioned to Triple H because I can't imagine how fucking knackered he would be at the end of this. Yeah, because he's a fucking he's a he's ten times bigger than he should be. That's it. But the reality of it is, should he have wrestled three matches? No, because he wasn't. He maybe maybe two he could have done. He could have done two. Yeah, but this is two. not this is not his wheelhouse. He could have done three zone. if they booked it better. If they had Umaga, he's the fuck, he was calling his shots. Yeah, I was going to say it was if, up to him. If if they should have had like him just barely win over Umaga after Umaga's just fucking destroyed him. And then have this be just... It, it should have been, really, 15 minutes of Randy Orton killing Triple H. Yeah. yeah. Is what the main event should have been. And I would have put Randy over as a way better champion as well. Yeah. Well, it was up to Triple H. That's what he wanted to yeah. do. Yeah. So it was his call. And thank you, Billy, for picking boys' picks. I'm very gracious in defeat, as yeah. always. You are welcome. You. And Triple H decides what happens in his matches. And I decide what happens in season number five. And there was a point in time where I thought, maybe, maybe I was going to do this thing, which I have definitely shelved and is not going to be the case. And I thought it's time to shake things up a little bit. Time to go into an era where we've not really been as much. Time to maybe put Adam out of sorts a little bit and put him somewhere that he's not familiar with really at all. And maybe it's time to see... What we needed to do in season four to get to season five. Because if you thought those were two insufferable cunts in their 30s, <laughs> wait till you see them as insufferable cunts in their 40s. Season five, the first time ever we'll have a mid-season break, a two-part season. It's the return of D-Generation X. You two are going to smoke the whole pack of boys picks. <laughs> oh, baby, I'm so fucking excited. I've got one question for you. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Because <laughs> uh, I've got two words for you. Feckus. <laughs> We're going to be starting at WrestleMania 22. Oh, that's such a great start. A show, I can't wait. Me and Billy, the mega powers, considered to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, WrestleMania of all time. We're going to take our time. We're going to set the table. We're going to look at an era where we're going to be dealing in nostalgia. No, not the nostalgia you think of. Not the nostalgia involving Stone Cold or Mick Foley or The Rock. Uh -huh. We're talking about the real, the architects of the Attitude the, the, Era. This is, this is where the, this started. This, exactly. The, 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 the X were the Attitude Era. Yes. That's where this starts. So we're going to be looking in the first half of the season. We're going to be looking at the original Return of DX, which, funny enough, will end a little bit before the paper yes. we did here. And then the second part 
It's going to be DX Reunion Part Dose. Ooh, I hope you like 2009. Get ready for the retirement of Shawn Michaels by shining up those two young boys, Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase oh, Jr. No. And hey, look, I didn't get to do my scandals with the control your narrative and follow the paper trail, but if your last name is DiBiase in 2022, oh boy, baby. <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot about DiBiase. Billy, I may need your help with the true crime aspect of this upcoming season. As always, there's going to be side ventures, side series, all sorts mm. of goofs and gas going on. We're going to take our time with it. I thought maybe at one point we would do it as like kind of just a bare bones. These are the main DX pay-per-views. That's it. But because as you said there, Billy, there's so much of this chatter that started all of this kind of illusions, them building a myth. And I think it started at WrestleMania 22 in earnest. And then it came a few months later as a proper angle. We've got the ECW relaunch happening in that oh time. We have got all sorts of strangers happening on Raw and SmackDown. Rob Van Dam, Edge getting the world title, the rise of John Cena, Mick Foley returning, Terry Funk in the WWE, Fucking folks. Hell. We've got all this, and that's just in part yeah. one of our season. I think we're going to get Adam. Triple H and Shawn Michaels get taken to Dwarf Court. Come on, baby! Come on! Boy. We're going to Dwarf Court, baby. Uh, I can tell you right now, Adam's face is literally between a grimace and a grin. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like remembering like, oh yeah, oh no, oh yeah, oh no. Like it's, it's in the thick and fast. And for the first time ever, we're going to be talking about a period of time where you and I, Billy, we watched it all pretty much yes. week to week. And you, Adam, you're the fucking newbie in yeah, this situation. completely in the dark with this time period. This is going to be very interesting indeed. So we're going to be obviously, with all of you guys, if you've got memories, you're listening now, we want to hear your thoughts. We'll be starting with WrestleMania 22. As always, there'll be shout-outs on our Patreon page for folks to send in their thoughts, their memories, their experiences, any of this happening live. This was kind of memories of me as a wrestling fan the first time I was like a fan who'd be like checking out message boards and you know reading what the dirt sheets have to say what will I put in my Hasslemania column this week <laughs> so it's gonna be a different kind of flavor of nostalgia and for Billy this is gonna be like kind of what you yeah, grow yeah, up pure with nostalgia, yeah. so I think it'll be a very different vibe I will say as well you can still expect from all of us me and Billy will continue the Saturday night's main event series Adam and I will be continuing our side ventures on Smackdown Crawl and anything inappropriate showing up on the timeline. We'll be doing that. But you can expect, as always, lots of bonus content. I mean, all I can say is, with terms of seasons, I'm playing it kind of fast and loose because the last time we started a season, a pandemic happened and we got two other seasons within yeah. there. And because season four was a whole lot of fun and I really enjoyed doing the Saturday Night's Main Event with you, Billy, the WWE, the last ride, all the other stuff that came out of there. So we're going to let it breathe, folks. Yep. This is going to be our home for the next while. I hope you like DX. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to be talking a lot about born-again Christians, men in charge, booking themselves like horny teenagers. Oh. The Marine. Oh, my God, Adam, there's so much. I can't wait. And it's not punishment, Adam. It's not punishment. No, it's Unless not. you think it is. It's going to be an education is what it's going to be. Adam, you're going to have to make of it the best you can, all right? You, this this season will be what you yeah. make of it for I all just, of us. I just can't wait because Adam has not seen WrestleMania 22. He's no, not seen the Boogeyman. So like, I'm excited. It's such a great pay-per-view. So it's like... It's the perfect jumping off point I into, like that we're into starting, my era. Yeah, we're starting with a nice spoonful of sugar to help this medicine One of my down. original boys pick choices. It was, so, yeah. Uh, first time so round. glad you didn't win that one And now. very, very what happy about that. We say the season. What was the other season that we're going to do? You never know. You never know. Because we're not doing that now. But... <laughs> 
Who knows? Because this is, is going to be a long-ass season, and we are doing a mid-season break because there's going to be a big gap in the middle. Yeah, yeah. We'll probably do something else in the middle there and move on. We'll probably get into Tough Enough along the way as well. Yeah. But as always, a huge thank you to everyone who has supported us throughout Season 4 and into Season 5. Tell your friends to check out this episode for the big old announcement. And as always, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your audio, make sure you leave us no rating or review. Uh, we said before, we don't get paid by any of those platforms. We're not signed up with nope. Spotify or anything like that. All of our support comes 100% from our fans and our listeners. Patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. Adam, there's all sorts of content there. There's fucking loads of content on there. We've got get fucking ready. We've got fucking ready. We've got nearly 100 Smackdown crawls. We've got yes. a shit ton of Bibolo Tech book yes. reports. We've got video episodes. Me and Billy have been reviewing some Chaos comics from the Attitude Era. There is a whole shitload of content and tons of variety uh, in there. Video episodes, Adam. That's what the people want to hear there's about. There's plenty of gamesmanship on there. We have played a lot of wrestling games and there is more to come. And there is going to, of course, be more content coming up. Folks, there is a special DX book report coming your way during Season 5. It's cringy as fuck, baby. There's a lot of stuff that we have you know, set aside where we're thinking if we, you know, it wasn't necessarily what the season was, but if we're going into this era, like, there's a lot of, like, board games from 2005 yes. sitting up in my closet. Like, there's uh -huh. a lot of, a lot of side ventures, folks. And I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be very excited to find out what WWE-esque groups are running in parallel. Oh, baby. While all this is going down. But there is a good 200 hours of content available on Patreon already. And you can get all of it by becoming a $5 backer now. $5 backers get a minimum of two new pieces of content a month. As well as that ridiculous backlog. We get people who join up months ago messaging on, Oh, I finally, finally, finally have caught up to the recent Smackdown crawl, and there's more of it. We always have a grand old time doing that. If you've not seen them already, there's some best of Smackdown crawls, and Adam and I finally filled in the gaps. We did some of those pay-per-views that were missing. Yes. Insurrection Backlash, Judgment Day will be coming up shortly as well. And if you're a fine purveyor and surveyor of stuff and things, oh. head on over to MatthewsBotchermania.com. Stuff, things, Ruthless aggression coming soon, baby. We Let's go! And we're still referring to ourselves as the Adashira Podcast yep. because I maintain that we will be looking at it through the lens of Attitude Era. That is what we're looking at. We're not looking at to see primarily is John Cena a star? No. Nope. What it's not gonna be a verdict on John. He'll be there, but we're talking about DX. Are they the architects of the Attitude Era? Hmm. Let's find out, shall we? Season 5 coming to your ears very soon. And I want to say a big thank you to my co-hosts, as always, for joining Aww. with me. And you know what? You're forgiven for the beginning. <laughs> it's healing. It's healing. That's yes. all it is. And I'm sure when we're six episodes deep into the ruthless aggression, you'll continue to accept my apology. Yes. Until next time, where it's going to be season number five times the world champion. It's a goodbye from me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. I will see you next time on the Adam Podcast.